We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, well, he's not here, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different, but this is our fun commentary. This is the month of May, and we have a brand new commentary for this month. It is in honor of both the release of Ridley Scott's Alien Covenant and the 25th anniversary of this movie. It's almost like that was like purposely done by Scott to celebrate this beloved entry in the franchise, Bailey. Uh, we are talking Alien 3, uh, directed <laughs> with a little semicolon on the top, <laughs> directed by David Fincher. Asterisk, sorry, little asterisk on the top of directed. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we're talking about today. Alien 3. The uh, Well, we'll get into that. Um, and joining me to discuss Alien 3 for this commentary track we have from Wise the Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. He needs to re-educate some of the brothers. It's Brandon Peters. Uh, third Ridley Scott Alien movie coming up. Third Alien. Let's do this. <laughs> Times three. From uh, LOD and the Nothing's On podcast networks, he gives a lot of praise to the dragon. It's Jim Dietz. I would say something, but this part was edited out in the final theatrical cut. And um, lastly, also from the Colt Cinema Cavalcade podcast, definitely not suffering from cholera, it's Colin Bricker. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm honored again to be a last-minute guest for a commentary. Thank you. <laughs> last-minute guests are sometimes the best. With you, that's most of the time. Um, no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> no, it's good, to be, it's, good to, it's good to have anybody on. I'm happy to get anybody on that I can wrestle up. We have consistency tracks. here. Cullen was on the Aliens podcast. Jim did Alien versus Predator Requiem. Right. So. Yeah, there we go. So so it all came to a head at Alien, Alien 3. Alien 3, this yes. is the, Wait, wait, this is the third commentary for an Alien movie, right? On Out Now? I Yes. Yeah. This oh, is our God. Alien Cubed. Three Ridley Scott Alien is... movies, three Alien movies, three commentaries. This is the one. What is happening? It's for something. The world will change after this post. Well, I have to clean my brains off the mic after that one. You just blew my mind. <laughs> that This is where the magic happens, guys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> with, 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 Fincher, with movies that Fincher's disowned from his own filmography. The Alien 3, we'll get to all of this, but Alien 3 is the kind of movie where if you look on the like production credits on like special features of old DVDs and you look under Finchers, he doesn't list Alien 3. That's how much he doesn't dislike care for this movie. Um, but we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about the theatrical cut, I should note. Uh, there is a assembly edition, noted not a director's cut, an assembly edition that was made in 2003 when the quadrilogy was released on DVD. That was a fun time to make up names for DVD editions. And, uh, yeah, we were talking the theatrical cut, the hour and 54-minute version, because I know you guys like listening to us, but it's a long time to record for two and a half hours. Um, so for those of you that have not listened to one of our commentary tracks before, basically Brandon, Colin, Jim, and I are going to watch the movie while talking about it. We have the movie on mute, obviously, so you can hear us and so we don't get sued. Um, but, yeah, we all uh, currently have the film paused at six seconds in, uh, depending on if you're if you're going to watch the movie with us while we talk about it. That's basically right when the the 20th Century Fox logo comes up and the initial fanfare starts. Um, and so we're all going to, I'm going to count down from 3, 2, 1, go. We're going to press play. We're going to start talking. So uh, for those, you know, following along, do that. For those that are just listening in, good on you. I hope that we don't leave any gaps. So you're just not sitting at your iPod at some second and being like, or your Zoom, you know, I'm not, you know, distinguished. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and being like, why are they talking? Cause so yeah, uh, just, but just, uh, Keep up with us. We'll do our best to make this fun and everything. But yeah, I think uh, I think we're ready to go here, guys. You guys ready? Yeah. Ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Cool. Well, 
we all shaved our heads for this one, right? That's right. We we all well, so the, yep. yeah. the lice is the lice problem is really bad in this movie. Okay, good. Okay, I just <laughs> want to make sure. All right, I'm smooth like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a kiss from a rose before this podcast started too. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I scarred the hell out of my face. <laughs> it, was, it was from the from the uh, from the wolves that attacked you. Exactly, the wolves. <laughs> it was the wolves. This was short notice, so finding those wolves real hard. Real, real hard. We're jamming the references in this one, guys, even before the movie started. Okay, let's get this going. I'm going to count down now. Okay. <clears throat> Three, two, one, go. And I just want to say real quick, notice how they melt the fanfare. at the, Yeah, the yeah. yeah. Instead, I mean, normally it's like, da, 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 the big fanfare. Just, the music just kind of melts away here instead of that normal uh, Fox fanfare. Pretty interesting. Uh, I want to point out something real quick because this happens right away. Um, the the opening scene of this movie. We're going to talk all about what we think in a second. But guys, do you know that Meryl Streep's in this movie? Is she one of the aliens? That's how good she is. She was one of the aliens. Like, you didn't even know. It, there's actually <laughs> Charles S. Dutton. Well, no, here, there, the um. So this is kind of funny. The in the opening scene here, where we're we're going to see Ripley with a face hugger on her face, and mm-hmm. um. The, apparently, the special effects crew, I just learned this. I thought this was fascinating. The special effects crew, um, they actually used a prosthetic face that belonged to Meryl Streep because she was working on Death Becomes Her at the time. So they had that fake oh. head. And so they, so to, in order to make that work for Ripley, they just used Meryl Streep's fake head to put the face hugger on. What, didn't Meryl read for the original Alien She did. Too? That's what makes it yeah. ironic. Yeah, she read to be Ripley, but then they chose Sigourney Weaver instead. Um and yeah, so so it, Meryl Streep finally got to be in an alien movie, guys. It only took not nudes. It only it only took a, a couple decades, but she got to be in one. Um, so like, let's talk about this movie now. Okay, let's talk about the big uh, right here. At the beginning, the big beef, uh, like the fans, and eh, they kill Hicks and Newt. And what was Newt gonna do in this proverbial third movie that was gonna be so huge? If they survived, it'd basically be the end of Twenty Eight Days Later. If they were involved in this movie, where just like people were trying to rape the young girl the whole time while Ripley's trying to figure a way out of this. Yeah, I mean, uh, mostly through production, somebody was trying to push this prison idea, and it, it finally came through. At like, because I mean, this went through like a long. Yeah, there's a. Because oh, yeah. They brought in. They tried to get Ridley Scott to come back. He didn't want to. Uh, Renny Harlan took this on for a year where they pushed the prison idea on him and he sort of went with it, but he left because it was just too similar to the first two movies. He had no, he, he wasn't going to do just another one. He wanted to make his mark because he felt Cameron made his mark. Ridley Scott made his mark. And he goes, look, I'm just making an alien chasing people through tight corridors again. I, I can't, I can't do this. And Radio Harlow brought... is nothing if not very creative in the movies he makes and certainly doesn't like to do sequels <laughs> or unoriginal things. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, he, he was struggling. Um, and and then they bring on uh, Vincent, v- Ward, Vincent Ward, who has this insane idea that I would love to see someone make. Is this something the forest of, one? It's the wooden planet. Yeah, the wooden planet, right? Where like the fog planet. only goes up to everyone's heads, something like that. Yeah. Well, it's like this got this uh, like man-made atmosphere. Everything's made of wood on this planet. It's all monks, and. And the alien lands, or the, the ship crashes there. Hicks and Newt are dead there, too. They were mostly dead through all these iterations. They were going to go anyway. Um, Ripley's pregnant. This is where they got the finally the Ripley impregnated idea, 
with a queen comes from this. There's his story and, credit, by the way, for Vincent Ward. He's still got a story credit on this film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and so the aliens are killing these monks, and they think it's because of Ripley, and she's some sort of like antichrist, and that's the devil. Um, but uh, there actually this, are some kind of seeds of that in. The, all in, through in, here because in, well yeah. in Prometheus and Alien Covenant, there's actually some seeds of those concepts in there. Right, and actually, the Lost World Jurassic Park took an action sequence from uh, that movie because there was a huh. a tall scene with tall wheat grass where the alien was gonna chase through with its tail sticking up after guys. That's a fun nature. Them, just like that. that. That looks like right out of MSTK three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, they they pushed some guys in production were like, we don't like this idea. What if the monks were prisoners? And they kept pushing this prison prisoners idea, and they finally came through. But the Vincent Ward, they were building sets for that movie, yeah, and had to transform them into the like. Fincher jumps onto this movie while millions and millions of dollars are already spent, stuff's already built for it, and he has to come up with. He has no script and has to come up with something to using sets that are already made. And he's only done music videos at this point. Right. I. But. So. Yeah. So that's a that's a bit of a roadmap to the production of this movie, which had all kinds of. We'll we'll get to our reactions to when we first saw it, and I, I know some of you saw it when it first came out and what have you. So we'll get to that in a second. I, I want to talk more about this kind of logic of how it opens because that, this is like the big buy-in. Like in order to appreciate this movie, which I think. I haven't, t- I haven't specifically talked to you about it, all of, about what we if we like this movie overall or not, but I think generally you could say there is things to admire about this film. Granted, you have to accept mm-hmm. this stuff happens in the beginning, and my gripe is less with killing off the characters. It's like, all right, that you know you have to do what you got to do, I guess, if, especially for a nihil- a movie that's this nihilistic, which we'll get into. Oh man! But, but I think what gets me more is. How is there an egg on this ship? Like, like where? Yeah. How at yeah. all would they not scan the way? It's, and it's like, you know, based off the credits, it's like right there. It's like, you wouldn't mm-hmm. miss this. It'd be like Ripley going to sleep and be like, huh, that looks like a weird alien egg. Eh, probably nothing. Like, I'm out of the <laughs> Yeah, did the queen from Aliens just like was carrying an egg with her? It's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to stash this here for later. So the, the logic of this movie suggests that in Aliens... The, the queen escaped the like she get, she came up the elevator after the whole thing was blowing up went after Ripley uh, or didn't go after Ripley she she Ripley got onto the ship after um, Bishop comes in last minute saves her and James Horner scores like pounding the alien gets there gets up to the top sees the ship latches onto the ship uh, gets inside and then like sneaks off puts an egg somewhere comes back fights Ripley gets killed. Or gets shot into space. It could be out there still. We don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what if that's a new plot of the next one? The queen, the queens that have been dispatched in space over the years come back. But um, so then the, the egg's been laid. It's on the ship somehow. Ripley and Bishop and whoever they're like not looking around, suspecting anything, go to sleep in a pod that is somewhat near the egg. The egg hatches, lands on, or I guess what kill because what um. They both die of drowning, right? That's the thing, right? So well, no, the right. ship Hicks crashes. And they a, well, Hicks gets hit by like a support beam in the crash. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Newt drowns. Okay, so yeah, the ship, mm-hmm. cra- the, sh- the, sh- the ship that they die from the crash essentially. The, yeah. the face hugger gets onto Ripley's face, impregnates her, gets off of her, and then goes scurries off. Even though we know face huggers die after impregnating, and so it's like this super face hugger theory, which is why the face hugger still exists in some way. Or there's two eggs, which makes even less sense. And so there's another one that goes running around too. There's there's just a lot to accept in this, like the first five minutes of this movie, in order to buy into it. 
Human error. Human error. <laughs> it's why it's why Charlie Theron couldn't run left in the Prometheus. The human error. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So this whole planet looks like they're shooting a Depeche Mode video. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, David Fincher was coming off of Depeche Mode. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Well, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like when Mark, if you look at Russell Mulcahy's first movies, are the same. He uses <laughs> yeah. some, the same tricks. There you go. They use the music videos in films. You know, so Russell Mulcahy's first movie... movies being like, uh, what's it? What's the what's the pig one? The warthog one. Um, oh god, the Australian the Lion... warthog movie. What? The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. What's it called? No, that's gonna bug me. Russell Mulcahy. Um, his like Jaws in Australia movie. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, I'll look it up. The one with the tire or rubber or no, not rubber. No, no, I'm looking. Hold on, I got it. Let's see. Why does he have so many credits? Um, Razorback. 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 Yeah. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> I got him this bed. That's a Scream Factory release waiting to happen. Razorback. Anyway, we're on the planet now with all these Jason Statham's. <laughs> God, I wish that was the movie. What? I would love. <laughs> That's pretty much. I mean, if, it was, trying, if this was made in like 2000, battling like, for supremacy, who's like the most extreme? I would love that. If this was made in 2000, it would definitely start Jason Statham in one of these roles. Oi. They don't on door. <laughs> they kick all of them down. It's the only way they can go through a doorway. I will say this: great cast. There's a good cast mm-hmm. of like character actors oh, in this movie. You got, oh yeah. You got you got Charles Dance. You got Paul Paul McGann, Paul off of like Whitnail and I. Yeah. Um. What's his name? Pete Possible plays here. Holt McCallany's here. Charles S. Dutton. Brian Glover. Brian Glover. Brian Glover. Yeah. Ralph Brown. Like, there's a lot of like. I mean, despite the fact that they all made they made a terrible choice of shaving all of them bald and having them all be pretty much the same character, except for whatever yeah. job they have. Yeah, they're all doing a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine like them them filming this too. It's like, okay, you're gonna wear these big giant garbage bag robes, and we're gonna spray you down with lice and wind. I like to think they had, they, had, like, <laughs> they had like colored post-it notes on their back so they could keep track of who was who. Hey, Charles, 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 I'm Paul, I'm Paul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so let's let's get to some some opinions on this uh, as far as overall reactions. I did you did. I imagine there was a level of anticipation, obviously, after Aliens, knowing that there's a third oh Alien God. movie coming. And obviously there was – were there te- was there actually, like, a teaser trailer for this that before it even happened? Or, like, was it just, like, a poster? Yeah, on Earth – it said, on Earth, everyone can hear you scream. Which is right. a great tagline. <laughs> it was super – it was just, like, the teaserest of trailers, though. It, was, it showed, like, nothing. They were selling – they were they were canon filmsing this. They were, they were putting the cart before the horse. They're like, right. oh, we've got Alien 3. It comes out in 1992. And, you know, it's going to be about Earth. Oh, was the title Alien? Was it Alien Three? Was it Alien with the cube sign? Was that always a thing? It was Alien. I think it was Alien. Alien Cube was when closer to the release time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just the so in this because I haven't I, I could probably watch it if I said but was it just like it's or in, on Earth everyone hears you scream it just pops up the title Alien Three coming Thanksgiving. It was like it was that? it was the Alien you know how the Alien logo and the yeah. first two movies yeah, yeah, built yeah. in yeah. slowly it was that mm-hmm. with like a little cut forming in the center like, of the screen and the music crescendo like slowly building in the back. Yeah. Is this on yeah. the Blu-ray? Can I find this? Yeah. I, yeah. I probably. Probably find, yeah. It, probably find it on YouTube pretty easily. But. Uh... I have to say, I think we probably mentioned this, but the Blu-ray Alien Anthology set is one of the best yeah. things ever released in the history of home video. Like it is. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's James Remar cut footage shy of being like 
absolute perfection, and that means it's at ninety nine point nine 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 percent perfect. Okay then. So, with uh, with this in mind, as far as anticipation goes, I mean, we're, so what? Give me like, give me like, give me a map of like what you guys thought actually when actually you know seeing this movie after what I assume is years of waiting for something to actually emerge from this. Oh man, it was not what I wanted. It's not what anybody wanted, I um, think. But I. I I didn't I I I liked it. I didn't like it as much as I did the first ones at the time. But over time, I've come to like appreciate far more, especially the assembly cut, which Gives does you... this movie a lot of justice. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to as we get more into it, we'll discuss kind of what's not here because I I've seen it enough to know what what's missing from it when I watch the theatrical version. Mm. But um, how about you, Colin? Are you are you a, generally a fan of this movie, or are you still indifferent to it? Or... Uh, I, I'm more indifferent to it. When it came out, I I thought, why is everyone's head shaved? I don't know <laughs> if I want to see that. Honestly, that was, was, was a point of the movie. I just thought, that doesn't make any sense. I don't want to see that. There's already a lot of penis in this movie. I don't need shaved heads to go around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it took, uh, it was several years um, after it was released before I actually saw the movie. And it was just a matter of, well, you know what? <laughs> oh, I'm... wow. So like, you're like, trailers, shaved heads? No, thank you. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what else yeah, is coming yeah. out this weekend? Let's see. Far and away. I'm seeing that instead. Encino Man? Come there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I saw Encino Man before I saw this movie. <laughs> uh, I regret nothing. Uh, it, it was just a matter of, you know what? I should really check this out. I like the other movies so much. I got to see what the hell this is. And I saw it. And like, all right, well, that's done. So, you know, and then I moved on and it out of the box set, it's probably, you know, I've had this box set for a while. This is the first time I've actually watched it. Hmm. I'm looking at the box I was right now. This was this came out Memorial Day weekend, 1992. Um, I'm going to read the list of films here because this is pretty impressive. There's only a couple like non good things, but Lethal Weapon 3 was number one for it in its second weekend. Alien 3 came in number two. Far and Away, with Tom Cruise and Cole Kidman, Ron Howard movie, number three. Encino Man debuted number four. Then we have Basic Instinct, Beethoven, Beauty and the Beast, in its 22nd release of in film, well, week of release. Uh, still in the top ten, because that's how movies worked back then. Um, the Player, the Robert Altman film, which is great. Oh, wow. I love that movie. Uh, White Men Can't Jump, in its ninth, oh, wow. ninth week of release. Wayne's World, in its 15th release, week of release. Uh, My Cousin Vinny, uh, Fern Gully. Howard's End, and yeah, there you go. So, Fern Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, when I saw when this movie, I saw this movie in the theater, like the opening week, if not that weekend. Mm-hmm. And like Alien, the first Alien movie was like the first R-rated movie I campaigned to watch from my father. You know what I mean? I had to, mm-hmm. I, I had to read the novelization first. I read the heavy metal comic uh, adaptation before the movie. Like I had to prove to him that I think I was like ten or eleven years old. You know, it was the first time he took me to an R-rated movie. It was a big deal. And I love that movie. I think it's like one of the most perfect, you know, of that kind of movie that there there is, you know. And then Aliens came and Cameron just like boosted everything by making it plural, obviously. <laughs> and it just like <laughs> made and went from like the you know, the claustrophobic psychological horror to like this big explosive action movie and it was just incredible, like you know, and to use the eighties parlance of the time, everything had been turned up to eleven, you know. Mm-hmm. So when Alien Three was hyped, I saw the teaser trailer we were talking about just a moment ago. It was like, Oh my god, Alien Three, finally, they're gonna do something with this franchise. You know, it's been sitting since Cameron and blah 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 and all this great. 
And then, you know, my friends and I saw it the weekend it came out, and we were just quiet afterwards. <laughs> like, we, I don't think any of us were expecting what we saw. None of us really, like, liked it at the time. We were all like, oh, this is terrible. You know, this is Step Backward. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Who's this David Fincher guy? I've never heard of him before. Why are they letting him do this movie? The Madonna video it, guy? Get him out of here. <laughs> and then, like, it wasn't until, like, years and years later when I watched it again, and it was the assembly cut I um I watched, and I, I appreciated it a lot more just on its own merits. I think my problem was being younger and expecting, you know, having such great expectations after the last two movies. Uh, you know, the bar was set super high. Uh, but honestly, but I mean, I don't it, hate it. I'm I'm more with Cullen. I don't, you know, I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's kind of I'm just kind of indifferent to it. I can watch mm-hmm. it, and I have seen it a couple of times now. But it's not something. It's not like a go to. Like, hey, Alien Three tonight. Well, yeah. well, it's a downer movie. Well, it is, I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's so, <laughs> so down. It's a downer movie in, that in, that, in terms of like as a general audience viewer. Yeah, this isn't like a fun movie to watch, really. But even that, the movie, I mean. Watching this movie, it seems like for, it's it's more a movie for people like us who really know the behind the scenes stuff, so you really know how to accept it with a grain mm-hmm. of salt. Because there's yeah. you as people that like us that are like you know t- talk about this stuff and read about this stuff, we know that it's a compromised movie from the get go. We know now, I, I mean not you know not you know initial viewings of it, but now we're like yeah, this is the movie that David Fincher got screwed over on because they just threw this at him and he didn't you know he's out of his depth and Fox was you know giving him all kinds of orders on how to do stuff and what have you. It's I was surprised when he went to Fox for Gone Girl. It's like, well, I guess there's been some change, yeah, changing yeah. of the guards because he, he would not work with that studio again after I mean, uh, some things like that. The Blu-ray set, there's clips of him just like reaming Fox from on the set of this movie uh-huh. and like yelling and flipping off cameras and like while he's directing. And, <laughs> and it's I'm applause to Fox for including this on their. Yeah, they're, they're very Blu-ray they're, set. they're very like, open about the the production of this film for some reason they they really cherish the alien franchise as far as re-releases uh director's cuts assembly like they, they really just like yeah we, you know, we love this franchise let's get let's give them what they want like they're really open yeah, yeah they give you everything they have at a given time like the 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 original dvds had like two cuts of uh, of alien aliens and then their, their quadrilogy yeah. set and yeah, and they're like their menus are all like it's just a really like they love this franchise it seems I mean they, they clearly do they're making you know the, we're talking on the Thursday before the new one comes out right now which seventy nine yeah. year old Ridley Scott's like fuck yeah why would I not want to do this <laughs> like I'm all for it <laughs> <laughs> like, um, which, I mean yeah go ahead Aaron no 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 go well I was say this this I mean what you can see here is this one this film decides to take it back to you know the basics like the first one but even go more primal. With you know being against the alien, where they don't you know they don't have anything, it's more of the, more of that haunted house thing. Uh, and then the, the next one will be a reactionary trying to be more like aliens, thinking it has to go back to that. And it's it's kind of not. funny. I mean, we've talked, Brandon, you and I have talked about how like the Bond movies really emulate the, the era they're in as far as the style of the movies at the time. You could argue that for the Alien franchise too. Like there's, oh, yeah. you know, um, you look at Alien as like a response to like the popularity of Jaws and Star Wars by basically combining the two. Um, you look at Aliens as you know in the Reagan '80s, although it's also reacting to the Vietnam War. You look at this movie. In the, which came out the same year as what Batman Returns, which is also super dark. Like, and it's, yeah, mm-hmm. and it you know it dials things way back, but also has this kind of experimental vibe. Then yeah, you go into like the late '90s, or it's yeah, it's a reaction to you know the the, the adverse effects towards this film and just the kind of 
as things were getting into this blockbuster, you know, things like, I don't know, Batman, Robin coming out around that, like just the kind of what it is to be a big scale blockbuster. It, that, that movie feels more like that. It's handled very poorly, but it still, it still feels like a, a movie that came from 1997 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It... And so anyway, what I was saying to, to wrap up this thought uh, about, <clears throat> about this movie, it's movie where like, I think, we all more or less begrudgingly like it just because we see what there's certainly potential here. There's a great cast here. There's some good ideas. There's some good production design and what have you. It just, you have to, you have to, you have to actually buy into what it's telling you early on in order to have a somewhat decent time watching it and admire the things that work, even though there's flaws throughout this movie as far as how it delivers on stuff. And it it stinks. You have to do homework to enjoy, to appreciate the movie. Uh Right. Well, I mean, I, I think too, like it, it adds a level of discomfort and and uh, you know s- suspense to really aside from the alien with some of these untrustworthy prisoners that are just like you know crazy because a woman's here for the first time and attack her and she's got you know more than just the alien to worry about. Yeah, I, I I don't really want to know what a day in the life would just be without you know these people without Ripley and the alien being around. Mm-hmm. It still seems like yeah, I guess we're, yeah. we're we've accepted that we're on this prison planet and we're all hanging out together. <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't I don't need to see that workplace comedy version of this movie. <laughs> right. Well, and, 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 you know what's funny? You know what's funny too is they they selected Fincher in the hopes of like oh hey maybe we can find that next Ridley Scott or James Cameron. Then they make this movie like, well, nah. and then it's like, oh, whoop, look, you guys were right, I guess. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All we had to do was not Just bug him while he's making a movie, and there you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I haven't, you know, we haven't mentioned at all yet, really, besides this great, you know, in addition to the great supporting cast, Sigourney Weaver is terrific in this movie. Oh, I think I, this is her best performance yeah, as, of any of them. Yeah, as the character, I think she's absolutely terrific. She has this, I mean, she came back to do this thing, and the, the way she she's wearing Ripley at, at this point, it's so informed, and she's become, you know, a better actress at this point. Like, you know, set, as good as she is in the first Alien, it is like her debut film, essentially, like, besides, like, a few random things here or there. Like, and so, mm-hmm. and Aliens, obviously, she got an Academy Award nomination for that movie, but, I mean, and she's very good in it. But, like, this one has this kind of introspective feel where it's like she's really taken in the... She's past the PTSD aspect of it, and now she's more of like informed by this thing that's been with her throughout her, you know, essentially most of her life, all of her life at this point. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's re- acceptance, yeah, so, and, yeah. And, the, and plus she's got, and plus she's gotten really paranoid after everything that happened in Aliens with Wayland Yutani. I mean, she won't tell Charles Dance why she wants to have the autopsy on Newt. She right. you know, she won't she won't mm-hmm. give anything up until it's like already too late and the aliens running rampant uh, through the prison. You know, so she's gone from being like you know. A company person, like you know, in the first movie, she even you know says, you know, well, the policy says, the company says, we have to do this and this and this. To in this movie, being so paranoid of everyone because of what happened with Wayland Yutani and you know the second alien and between the first and second movies that you know she won't even tell this you know, this prisoner, you know, this uh, this prison med- uh, medical guy, you know, what's going on or why she wants to cut into a child you know, for an autopsy. It's just, yeah, you know, it is and a no matter- progression, you know. No matter what problems there are with the movie, the arc is perfect for the character. It is. It, it yeah. fits, mm-hmm. and it gets that. It, it, that's why I think I, I've never been bothered because I kind of felt like this was, yeah, this was the right place with the character, and this is. And it makes this, total sense the sacrifice yeah. she makes at the end of the movie. I mean, it, may, it makes sense for the character and in the story. Uh, while she, while people are mad, she, you know, she dies. It's no, she actually wins. Like she, 
succeeds. She essentially defeats the Just... alien once and for all. Now there could have been different ways to handle that, and bringing it to Earth—that's yeah. an act. That's interesting. I'd be curious to see how that would have played out, or this wooden planet. I mean, that's all. Well, well, you can check it out on the deleted scenes of uh, Alien Resurrection if you really want to see how Earth plays out. Uh, yeah, we don't need to go there, and yeah, al- <laughs> that's why Alien Resurrection. In addition to the n- numerous flaws in that movie, it just—it's just like, why is this here? Like, why am I? I don't need Super Ripley. Yeah. It's just such a. It just doesn't do. I mean, they if there was an if there was a way to make that work, like, you know, J- Joss Whedon has like this whole quote of saying like they they made the script. It's just they did it wrong. Well, it's like your script wasn't that good beyond that either. I don't like regardless of how they <laughs> well, said, they made us regardless of how they, they said made us, the, the dialogue. There's still the story that's just batshit stupid. I just really hate the thing. Oh yeah. Well, they made a script and then said, "Hey, um, can you throw Ripley in this?" Yeah. I mean, yeah, he made, the the movie was made to not have Ripley, and they're like, "Could could you?" And but it was like, "Wait, she she died. Make a clone." We we found a number Sigourney likes. Yeah, <laughs> she was she was bound to determine this is it for her. Like she was gonna do this third movie, but she she had told uh, the like Vincent Ward. She had told David Fincher that you know, kill me in this movie. I I'm tired of doing these. And I, yeah, I, she's well. She also has a production credit, you know. Um, but but you know now she's you know, she's a fan for that you know fan fiction fifth film that thank God is not getting made. Um, huh. I I just hope that whatever charity or whatever she donated the money from four to really paid off or whatever small movie she made around that time it, uh, it helped out. Uh, let's talk about the things that are different here um, because we're getting into some stuff. Um, in the assembly cut version, the facehugger impregnates a uh, a bull. Uh, and not a yes. not a dog. Um, I'm not sure why the choice was <laughs> needed to be different, but I guess it just the whatever they were cutting, it just made sense to shoot new scenes and make it a dog instead. Uh, that said, this miniature very cool and pro- oh, yeah. probably the cool oh, yeah. probably the coolest the alien looks in this movie because the rest is just CG. <laughs> and they brought they brought HR Giger back for help on some yeah. feature design and yeah. stuff. And here we get one. here we get some of that CG right there too, and it's yeah, I think that's it. We get that '90s fisheye lens yeah. too in this. Oh movie. yeah, there's plenty of that. Oh, we get we get some alien vision too. Yeah, and alien vision means going on walls and upside down. <laughs> like there's all there's all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff coming out of that. Uh, is Ripley finally I shaved do like her head? The, the, the... Yep, there we go. She, she, the head, the yeah. process complete for this planet. <laughs> Oi. It's uh, that the that uh, early. Oh, there's Pete Postlewaite. Uh, the um. The early the early CGI really doesn't usually hold up as well. I mean, if you like watch the first Spider Man movie, it's really noticeable. But like, it looks okay here, you know. It, it doesn't. No, there's it, some moments where it's like it's a little yeah, it's a little shaky. Yeah, towards the end, yeah. I think it's toward the end where they oh, yeah, you know, where, they, the end, where they had to do a lot of reshoots and ran out of money. I think that's pretty telling. But yeah, the early, yeah. these early on scenes is because it like you said, Brandon. I mean, it, this is a back to basics approach to an extent. So there is a there's a reliance on we don't need to show too much to get you or to ideally get you scared. Where like the second one was just like let's just get a whole bunch of them and that's just inherently scary. This one's like there's only one, so we need to really utilize our space and the the production around the alien to generate fear. But then again, with with the scares, it's like uh, how how uh, how in suspense do you get when uh, rapist thieving murdering assholes get chased by an alien? Like yeah, there's only well there's only one good character. Or one redeemable character in this movie, but there's only one that you care about. There's a couple. There's Charles. Yeah. Charles Uh, Dance, Charles S. Dutton. Yeah, the uh, Ripley. The Charleses are great. This movie. (laughs) The Charles. And I think Pete Postlethwaite is. 
I, I think you just by yeah. looking at his face, I'm like, he's probably in here for like jaywalking. So, you know, he's fine. Right. <laughs> well, then, he probably got shipped also... to another planet for jaywalking. That's probably his punishment. <laughs> well, is That's that the future. Character? Well, is that like one of the, you know, good characters? Uh, Paul McGann got the really short end of the stick yeah. in this cut. Like, there's a lot more with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the extended cut, and yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. we'll get to that as it goes along. Cause I, stuff I, with him makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I, I really want to detail yeah. that. We'll we'll get to that, but because that's that's a very interesting aspect to how they tried to do something in this movie that was you know new, um, and then they cut yeah. they cut all of it out. Uh, but for now, we get a not a scene of Bishop having fun with uh, <laughs> Bill Paxton, <laughs> but uh, just uh, hmm. Ripley trying to sit down and eat the cornbread. Cornbread seems to be a running theme <laughs> in this, uh, tr- this franchise, by the way. Well, they, they said they wanted this uh, place that they're in to look like it. At one time, this planet was like some sort of like oh, that's factory town. mining place that was like friendly, and then it's just gone to hell, and they made it a prison rather than being an actual prison. Right. Well, yeah, because otherwise, why do they have a giant pol- uh, vat of molten like steel? Have you guys even watched yeah. Oz? I mean, it's just like that. <laughs> they might as well have called this Space Oz. So that's spas. what, this, spas, what yeah. this movie is missing is Ernie Hudson. If he was in this movie, <laughs> he got uh, be f- yeah. If he was one of the wardens, five stars. Yeah, I mean, you got Charles S. Dutton here. Holt McCown, he's basically playing J.K. Simmons. So I mean, it all works out. I was gonna <laughs> say you should bring in J.K. Simmons. That was the <laughs> next next thing on my mouth. I always thought Charles S. Dutton would be good as Ben Grimm, the thing. Oh, yeah. As a re- yeah, well, he's, he's rock. It makes sense. Yeah, I know. But no, I, don't know why, I didn't mean it like that. I'm just no, I, I know. Say. I know. But yeah, you're, you're completely right. <laughs> so what you're saying is Dwayne Johnson should be up for the role as well. Oh. <laughs> for the reboot of Rock, the television show. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> once, yeah, once, yeah. Once, they, once they wrap up Ballers, I feel that HBO is going to reboot Rock right away. Because yeah, yep, yep. Rock doesn't have enough uh, projects going on. He now. seems to be able to do it. He can carry it all on his giant shoulders, so he's fine. And run for the presidency eventually, I guess. Oh yeah. I want to see a, a show about a garbage man that gives people pile drivers and DDTs. That's fences. Did you see fences? <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> uh, fun fact: Charles Dance uh, was initially uh, uh, Fincher offered the role to Richard E. Grant so they could make a, a Whitnail and I reunion in this movie with him and Paul McGann, mm. but he turned it down. Huh? That would have been fun. Was he too busy making Hudson Hawk? <laughs> I probably. It's probably. It's probably all the reshoots of Hudson Hawk. That's probably exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. He got Wolverined. <laughs> him, him and Sandra Bernhard. Sandra Bonehard was she was she was offered the uh, Holt McCallany part as the the rapist, but uh, she turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> they had uh, Jerry Lewis coming in for Charles S. Dance's role to make a King of Comedy reunion, but that didn't. There you go, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Boy. Hmm, a big violently spinning blade that probably goes well for whoever gets involved in that one. Hey, at least they show it, and it, it's effective too. You know. <laughs> And then they end up making this into a uh, video game called Dead Space. Yeah. Hmm. They did make a video game off of Alien Three that was like yeah, it's, heavily promoted. It's a I remember it's actually really good too. It's like an S- it's a console. It's like it was an SNES and Genesis game, and it, yeah. it's it's quite good. It, I remember I played this with my uncle. Um, it's 
it's a side scroller and you're trying to like basically save every you're trying to take out the face huggers and save people and there's always a time limit on every level so it makes there's like a ticking clock aspect to it that also makes it pretty dangerous mm. it was actually mm. for a, you know a side scroller alien 3 video game old school style it's pretty effective interesting I remember playing a lot. Like I used to, I was really into this franchise. So I played. Like it felt like all the Alien games went to like PC all yeah. the time because there were a lot of FPS. And... So the, there well, there was. I remember there, there was one that was on the Atari Jaguar, uh, oh, Alien yeah. versus yeah, Predator. Yeah. That was like the first like first person shooter they put out. Yeah, I put. I played one of those. Yeah, I had one of those where you're like a colonial marine or. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I remember playing it in arcades. That's what what I remember. Where you mm-hmm. could either be a marine or you would. Um, you would be one of the predators a, against the aliens. What a horrible death! Right. Like, not only did he get like smashed in the face by it, he, he then rolls down into the fan and gets <laughs> obliterated. Boom! <laughs> the sharpest blades ever. As well, he's vaporized instantly. Again, Fox really does love this franchise. I mean, yeah, they gave it a ton of video games, like Alien, the Alien franchise of all things. It's like there's a yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that that Alien Isolation was a good game yeah. too. That really like oh, yeah. that. It started out kind of slow, but once you got the uh, got going, it uh, really like had that kind of tension from the first movie of being you know, hopelessly outclassed by your you know, evil, yeah. malevolent alien. So I this I mean, it really is, this is the it really does feel like it's of that time. So this is it's, it's perfect. That's the that's the yeah. most recent one, right? And um, I, mm-hmm. I find this is where you play as uh, uh, Ripley's daughter, um, and you 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 explore a ship that's you know related in some way and all this kind of stuff happens there's one alien and it's very creepy and you can't kill the alien if he only kill you it's very scary I've, i finally got it. i haven't finished it yet and i intended to finish it before covenant happened and i failed that completely because i've already seen Covenant mm. at this point but um right. it, i am looking forward to finishing it eventually and there is like dlc that's the original alien if i'm not mistaken too so I, i'm looking forward to playing that mm-hmm. as well I, I, you make a good point, Colin. They have like all the the vector graphic monitors and like that kind of monochromatic, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, IO and stuff. It just really looked uh, looked retro. Of yeah, that like period. the thing that uh, actually what traces where the alien is is so big you can't hold a weapon when you're holding that. Yeah, they do a good job mm-hmm. of no, recreating yeah. the the production design in, in the video game, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, Fox, yeah, they've been with it ever since. Like you're saying, Aaron, uh, like the 90s, we've gotten like two alien movies a decade. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, they've been consistent. Like, like we got one at the end of the 70s, mid 80s, and then two in the 90s, two, I mean, they count Alien versus Predator and ABPR. And now we have Prometheus and Covenant. With a, with a presumably a third one happening because Ridley Scott's like I yeah. cannot wait to make more. I think he just wakes up in the morning. It's like oh my god, Xenomorphs! I love them. He just like starts <laughs> pounding away. It's like yeah, guys, well, let's I, get my blood flowing here. We gotta get this. Go, gotta make another alien movie. Well, I love that he made Prometheus. He's like, all right, well, we'll be in the same universe, but there's not gonna be any aliens because people are tired of aliens. And everyone's like, no, we want the aliens, man. That's kind of the whole point of this movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, he decides, okay, I'll make Covenant. I, I, I listened. Oops. It's all aliens now. I, I just, I don't want to get into this. <laughs> like, it's, there's so much more conversation to have with that stuff. <laughs> we got to talk sure, about this sure. movie. Because <laughs> I, I have there's I have so many thoughts on Ridley Scott's, his, his intentions with Prometheus and Covenant and whatever comes next. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, I enjoyed Prometheus. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Prometheus too. I acknowledge its flaws, and I have things to say oh, yeah. about Covenant that I don't yeah. want to get into for this podcast. I, I, but, uh, I sure. had serious, serious problems with some of the plot holes in Prometheus, just to the point where I was like, "Oh, come on!" You know, and that kind of <laughs> took me out of it. So one thing we can all say: Michael Fassbender is great in that movie. Um, yeah, he's really, he's yeah, really. Yeah. I like Numi Rapace uh, in there too. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't understand why she got, you know, put on the blame for it, but. Because she's a woman. Because people are stupid. Because she's a woman. That's why. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the dour beat. <laughs> Let's get back to the horrible <laughs> death that happened in this fan. But I liked it. <laughs> uh, Charles Dance is wearing a nice jacket. It's probably uh, American Outfitters, but uh, uh, no, these guys are <laughs> the horrible death that happened here. It's amazing you have to clean that fan. <laughs> <laughs> the shit and everything else hit the fan on that one. <laughs> they've been they've been really smart about keeping the uh, the franchise out in the public eye, though. I mean, even in between the movies and the video games, there have always been comic books, mm-hmm. and there there have been there were toys there for a long period. Novelizations of time. too. I mean, there was and the Alien Predator novelizations, and yeah, there was. I mean, the, one of the smartest, best things to happen for this franchise too is you know, Predator Two throwing in the alien skull because that created more questions, mythos, and demand for that mm-hmm. Alien vs. Predator movie, so it added another layer to the Alien, because, oh, I want to see those two together battle together, and then we got yeah. what we asked for. Now, that, uh, that's since been completely retconned out of existence as far as that in Alien vs. Predator movies based off how this Alien right. series has progressed, but, you know, that's fun. It mm-hmm. is. I like the idea of it. It's certainly, as far as mm-hmm. franchising goes, it's clever. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it was funny. I was talking... It places, them in, it places them in the same universe, at least. I mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was talking about this with, with Anna the other day. We were at um, we were at Disneyland, actually, and um, it's which has become like Star Wars is Disneyland now. And I was thinking, I grew up, we grew up in the '90s, Anna and I, as you know, as like children. And Star Wars essentially kind of it it didn't die, but it certainly wasn't a big thing until like the special editions came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'll tell you what I I tell Colin this and say this all the time. The only time it was truly like a nerdy thing. To be a Star Wars fan was like 1984 to like 1997 because all you had was books, comic uh-huh. books, toys, and video games, and you're like holding on to these old movies that they at the time you're like, oh, they're not gonna make anymore, and that was like the geeky time because when Star Wars movies come out, look how much money they make. Those aren't like niche things. Everybody goes yeah. to yeah, see them. To Everybody see likes them. Hey, it's a huge pop like, culture thing. It's not a nerd thing. It's yeah, the most popular yeah. thing in the world, literally. Right. Uh, but the only so- period where it was is right there. And it was so strange during that time where you think, like, man, these movies were made ages ago. Like, the last movie was made five years ago. You know, yeah. what you think about it? Well, what, what I'm saying is because uh, my girlfriend, we grew up in the 90s, and me in particular, like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but, like, I see kids now, and they have, like, the coolest T-shirts and everything, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't get to be in this right. period where there were cool Star Wars T-shirts I could be wearing as I was, like, You couldn't go into Target and buy a, tar- a Star Wars T-shirt. You had to special order your yeah, Star Wars like, T-shirt. Be, yeah. I would be so rocking, like, Boba Fett gear and all kinds of stuff, but no, I didn't get no, that. Oh, it has a section at every store. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't get, mm-hmm. I didn't get that. But Alien, we're talking about Alien, Alien remained pretty popular. Like, it, it, like I wouldn't say, you know, it didn't necessarily have... You know, toys ever. There probably were toys actually, but you know, like T-shirts and stuff. There were toys. Yeah, there, yeah, there, oh, yeah, Kenner, there were Kenner toys. made toys like going back to the original yeah. movie, even though it was rated R. It was like one of the first R-rated movies to have its own toy. Yeah, I, I correct that. I <laughs> take that back. But yeah, there, I remember but, yeah. this. Rem- this movie had shirts. I mean, 
people mm-hmm. were like Alien Three shirts. But the poster is pretty cool. I will say that. Like it's a cool poster. Well, it, <laughs> and they also had the the toys where there was like these made up aliens that was like, all right, the, the right. alien never had wings. Why does this alien have wings? <laughs> and there's yes. like scuba alien and firefighter alien. Yeah, exactly. They're all different colors too. Tuxedo Disco alien. alien. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, like, the breakdancing alien? Yeah! You know what I'm saying, though, where it's like, so Alien really kind of kept, you know, it, we talk about things like Avatar and how much of a stamp it's like left, where Alien, it's like, this is a movie that's definitely left its, you know, had its place in the, in, in cultural, uh, like, cult, in culture over the, you know, the, the many decades it's been out. It's a franchise that's clearly, you know, uh, held on, given the numerous ways you can find Alien-related materials and stuff. It's, it's impressive. <laughs> I don't think people really think about it all that much compared to other more obvious franchises but alien is it's, you know it's a it's a it's, it's a held on to for not for dear life but just because people generally like this franchise it seems it's been yeah, able he, to do that without being a incredible like box office powerhouse yeah, since the second you don't have one to, really. you don't have to jam it down your throats except for where like a new movie comes along just for basic marketing reasons right yeah it's just like people know it you can say things like game over man or like make a face it's hugger. Like, like impression and people get it it's similar to like the like the planet of the apes like yeah those in between time no one's like oh throwing it around but when one comes out people go to see them they like them and they make money they even though like the burton one i mean as we talk about huge. that they made the yeah. they made the right yeah. call to not make any more of those but it people went and saw that yeah, the, the wrong thing to say about the burton one is that it was a flop like you don't have to like that movie oh, yeah. but it was not a flop it was huge oh it made his money it had a, it had a huge opening it had, I, I believe it was, it was one of the records for opening weekends it made huge money overseas mm-hmm. it did everything right as far as how that movie was supposed to work at the box office it just you know it's not very good <laughs> <laughs> And that, that was Fox. Abraham Maybe Lincoln. it's just a Fox thing. I get. It. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this... Abraham Finally, Lincoln. things are getting dark in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because the the autopsy on hit on Newt was really like it wasn't dark enough right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is too jovial, you know. Yeah, so Charles is cracking too many jokes in that scene. No, the uh, the cast from Neil Marshall's Doomsday have stopped by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This does seem like a movie Malcolm McDowell would pop up in pretty easily nowadays. Oh yeah. How is he not in an alien movie? <laughs> yeah, just, just true. you wait. Wait till, wait till you know, Prometheus Covenant. It's not even him or David Warner have been in one. Oh yeah, David Warner. <laughs> when you can't, well, when you can't afford Malcolm McDowell, you get David Warner. Mm-hmm. Alien uh-huh. Restitution, starring Malcolm McDowell. Let's <laughs> get Udo Kier. Like that's close enough, right? Udo Kier here. definitely could have appeared in one of the. Like I'm surprised he's not in uh, Resurrection. That seems like it would be tailor yeah, made it, for him. That seems like what he would that's, be. That's in, completely yeah, Kier territory. Part. Resurrection, just the campiness of it all. They got Brad Dourif instead. Yeah, Brad Dourif. Who's yeah. <laughs> you know Udo Kier, you know, 40 years ago. <laughs> Their age isn't that different. Yeah, like, They're actually pretty Brad close. Dourif. Yeah. I'm just thinking about we just you know Jim Cullen and I recently talked about Dude, but it's like Brad Dourif's like, oh, I'm in a Michael Cimino movie. Oh, Heaven's Gate. Oh, David Lynch, dude. Oh, I'm in an alien movie. Resurrection. Like, right. <laughs> poor dude. Huh. David Toohey was one of the people that contributed to some of the scripts for this film. And he would go on mm. to make his own alien ripoff of Pitch Black, which has been its own right. somewhat interesting franchise to watch. Oh, I think Toohey worked with uh, Rennie Harlan. When yeah, he, uh, that, was... that adds up. Yeah, I can see that. Harlan, yeah. yeah. 
Pitch Black is very much in the tone of Alien. Yeah, we've done you know, we've done that commentary. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you should check that yeah, out. Yeah, go I, to the backlogs now now to find our Pitch Black commentary. That's right. Who's on that? I'm sure it's you and me, probably Brandon. <laughs> yep, I'm on there. Yeah, I was on there. I think Abe might be on that one. Got to look this one up. We got our Cole Hauser on. That was... Oh yeah. Well, the Cole Hauser files that in Too Fast Too Furious. We got to we got to round out that trilogy. <laughs> We will do a paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> now, Aaron, you were talking about cultural impact of, of movies, and you mentioned Avatar, and it just made me think, you know, there's going to be a whole section in one of the, the Disney World uh, parks for Avatar. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the animal kingdom, and one of the few things that the Alien franchise never did was have a like a ride or attraction. Alien I just experience. Think that... They had the at Disney. Oh, they did. Yeah, oh no, 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 no. Like... That was Alien. That was Alien Encounter. Alien yeah, Alien Encounter. Yeah. But 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 uh, but that wasn't related to this. Oh, that was just some generic. It's not a xenomorph. Alien yeah. thing. Yeah. No. It 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 looked like the Predator with wings. It was just some That's thing. That's what the toy came from. had nothing to do with this. Al- alien small A, not alien capital A. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. I just think that's interesting that there was one movie and there's uh, you know an entire section of the park dedicated to it. Meanwhile, there's how many alien movies and there's nothing like that. I have something to say. Well, the biggest movie of all time. I have something to say to that for in mm. a second. But uh, I want to point out, yes, it is Brandon, Jim, and I. We discussed Pitch Black. And at the end of the my little note I wrote for it, it says, get ready for the Xander Zone. <laughs> Oh, um, the alien encounter extraterrestrial. That's what it was called. Uh, it was it was scary as hell. I will say that. I mean, the, I think it's you know, there's no Foxland, so you know, it, it, you, I know, only, but... but yeah, I, 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 it is somewhat impressive that there's been no like alien. You can easily see something happening too. You can take, especially, I mean, I can imagine something now coming along if they keep going along with this. There's some more alien stuff. So yeah, they really use the Ford experience. They really, That'd be scary they really go for the tall model version here, where you just kind of use the shadows and whatnot. But it's extra gory compared to some of the other ones. Oh, yeah. They're just throwing it in your face. Let me get. I'll get back to this hey. too because this gets to the the uh, part with Bruce McGann and why his part was really cut down. Um, but to speak to your point, what you were saying about um, Avatar versus Alien and whatnot. Um, yeah, I there could be like some VR experience in the future. Something that'd be pretty cool for an alien type ride or whatnot. Just let alone a motion ride like star mm-hmm. tours and like with like aliens or like something with colonial marines because that's probably the one that leads itself most to a ride um but uh a walkthrough of a recreation of the uh, ship on lv426 would be awesome yeah. or even a or even a walkthrough where you play on the nostromo and yeah. you have to like fight your yeah. way to the, to the shuttle ship uh very i mean something along the line of resident evil 7 where they have like a lot of corridors and a lot of like jump scares and it's supposed to be very very scary in vr I there's certainly totally see them doing an alien thing like that there's certainly potential what i want to say because i want to get to lance hendrickson but what i want to say real quick about avatar land these things work guys like being at disneyland and seeing car or california Adventure seeing cars land people are all over cars land they love it and that makes me not surprised that people would be excited for cars 3 regardless of how much people adults like the cars franchise uh, mm-hmm. and when i say adults i mean people that aren't into cars because i'm not into cars but i can certainly see a giant segment of the united states that really loves cars and would want to see a cars movie um but like something like avatar land i won't be surprised that it's just packed to the brim and gets people super excited for sequels because that's a fun unique thing that people don't get to do very often so seeing more of that in a movie form 
despite it, regardless of it, in addition to it being James Cameron, the person you never bet against, you know, it makes mm-hmm. sense to me that people are going to be like, yeah, why would I not want to see this? I just went to this place where there were flying mountains over there. I want to go see a movie with more of that and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, time will tell. Uh, I can't guarantee it, but I... young couples can run away and tie their braids together in the in the bushes. <laughs> I, I I just I won't be surprised if it's another resounding success for Cameron. Uh, no, it it absolutely will be. Yeah. There, there, there's still, no doubt about that. It's it's like stop doubting people. Every time people bring up the Avatar sequel stuff, there's always the groan and like who do, who wants that? I'm like you guys. Every time the guy, you doubt his thing, and then it becomes huge. It's. Until he says other does otherwise, I just assume that Avatar sequels are going to work. You know, yeah, is he ever going to finish Battle Angel Alita, or is that totally no? Rob, Rodriguez is doing no, he, that. Robert Rodriguez is yeah. doing that. Okay, because I know he. I was in production with him for years, wasn't yeah, he? He, was he gave it up, developing that for a well, long, long time. Now he's living on Pandora for the rest of his life, so he's producing it with uh, with, with mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez currently directing it. So that will happen like very soon. I mean, it's it's in it's in production, so it'll come out sooner or later. Uh, let's get to this stuff now, though, really quick, because uh, this is an Alien Three. Melted, melted bishop. Yeah, so we get you get a returning character from the previous one. Yeah, the one that didn't die, sort of. <laughs> it's the the <laughs> upper torso of burnt charred Lance Hendrickson, who really likes going through makeup processes, apparently, and getting into t- tiny spaces and what have you, because he just goes out on a limb for this one once again. Yeah. Literally, he's out on a limb here. Um, hey, <laughs> but I mean. This is fun to see. I like that they're like, well, we need to we need to get our stock android into this film, so we better get that uh, get that yeah. Lance Hendrickson in here. And he has a trooper because they just fuck him up in this movie once again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made me really sad when I saw him. Like, oh, I've like it reminded me how much I missed Bishop, and then he's all mutilated. Like, oh, I don't want to see him like this. And is he? Just, is he? Yeah. Is he kind? Part of the tragedy. It's like, oh man. And what does he do with? Like, what does he do as the? As Bishop, does he like make? He doesn't make contact, does he? No, the others send contact. For he just kind of reports what happened. Yeah, he he reports mm. the, um, the the mistake of missing the the egg on the ship or something like that. And then he goes, he, dope, he, and then he dies. Right, that's pretty much. Yeah, he, <laughs> he confirms that. I think he confirms the egg hatched, and and it's it's basically confirming that she's got the queen in her. It's telling us. It's telling. It's telling her what the audience saw in the first two minutes of the movie. So it's unnecessary. Right. That's, what it is. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah. Either, sure that or the monta- either that or the montage at the beginning was unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. That too. It, it, is it explained why it takes so damn long for the alien to gestate in her? Probably not a good thing. It's long for other people. Probably. Like, it, took, it took a while for um, John Hurt in the first one. This is not... No, not- that was within hours. This is not a good thing mm-hmm. to think about because it is wildly inconsistent how long these things take to gestate. And just wait till you see Covenant. The gestation period, is it's it very much fluctuates. You can argue that because it's the queen, it might be something different for that reason. Because it's already, this, this thing's already BS because of the nature of this facehugger that either lays two, two like implant, impregnates two things or there's two facehuggers and it's not quite clear. Um it's one well, of the aliens, movie... there's all these people like hived up and you and they start popping out when they luckily get there but like how long have they been holed up in that wall aliens makes a know? level of sense just be- well yeah the, that thing is that's negligible but i think the the nature of the alien because it's you know it's no longer smooth and slimy like in the first one they've been around long enough where they're all hardened and you know not slimy yeah. which i like less um but it's still acceptable uh, that's just me speaking i have to speak for everybody um but i that makes a level of sense because uh, you don't really see the gestation process i guess so it just kind of it happens as it happens 
this one though yeah it's like it's in ripley a long time before things actually happen yeah resurrection it's all over the place and yeah you'll, you'll... she's here on this planet maybe what like a day or two hey. two three i feel like a couple of days have passed already yeah i think so too it doesn't help that this planet's you know looks the same all the all the time so i can't really tell exactly yeah. What, yeah. what's how time and time is passing Let's talk. I want to talk about the Paul McGann stuff. So he's had an encounter with an alien at this point. He saw his friend get just brutally murdered by an alien, by sorry, by a xenomorph, and now he's like just gone crazy. The um, assembly cut version of this film. We should say the assembly cut. By the way, it is as I stated before. It's not a director's cut. This wasn't David Fincher coming back. Be like, fuck it, let me make my own version of this. That's not exact. That's not happened at all. He does not care about this movie. He was he was offered declined. Yeah, he declined. What what happened was the is it what the the editors and the editor. the edit, yeah the editor yeah. came back and took the footage that they also shot and they assembled a version that resembled more or less what the script was going for and what Fincher was going for. It's not perfect by any means. It still has its own flaws, but it's a half an hour longer, which not necessarily the greatest thing either, by the way. Mm. Um, it's half an hour more of this very bleak movie, but it does it does bring back this very significant subplot involving Paul McGann's character as Gallic, who goes through this kind of religious experience with the alien, where he's not only mm. he's not only off his rocker from this, but he he begins to praise the alien as a sort of demon, or uh, sorry, a, a dragon as he refers to it, which I think is pretty cool actually, just calling it a dragon. That's a neat thing, and just starts he mm, he yeah. kind of becomes like his a one man cult worshiping this thing. That's uh, coming for them, and he's and it, as well, a result he screws up a plan to capture it, um, which is also completely take, taken out of this film. Yeah, they also got Sigourney Weaver back to uh, voiceover. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, and some all the all the yeah a lot of the uh, like I think Charles Dance came back for something like a lot of people came back to voiceover yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and they they redid some effects and also a lot of the action sequences like logistically make more sense yes there's some editing because they're not all cobbled together yeah. like yeah it yeah. it's laid out a lot better yeah it is um, it is a it is a better well. version of the film it's just it's still it it has the same issues as far as plot stuff and you know just the nature of the mood of this movie um with, well i can ask that question do, do you guys do you like this kind of dour tone that this one goes for? I mean, it makes sense as far as we're not doing the same thing as before. We're making something new. But do you, do you appreciate the kind of very nihilistic bent that this ter- film takes it's fair, compared to, like, the hope and it's optimism? Very, it's, it's very much like Fincher. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't mind it. I like it. You can have one film in this series like this, uh, and the next one goes a bit too goofy. So yeah. where the first two were able to harness these things, one takes it, one takes that attitude from the first two and, and focuses on one thing, and then the other takes the other factor and goes far in the other direction. Mm-hmm. But see, I think it's just a really brown and ugly movie, and I I don't like that nearly as much as the others. Um, the others felt a bit colder, and and you were a bit alienated. Uh, while you're watching it, and it I, just, I just prefer it is, that. It emphasizes the claustrophobic nature of those ships and what have you, and it, so it, it mm-hmm. puts people to yeah. jeopardy that feels believable. Where this one, I mean, yeah, obviously this is the aesthetic of the film. You can't really get around the fact that it's a dirty prison planet, but at the same time, it is a dirty prison planet, so it's not the most fun to watch. Uh, with yeah. well, especially when it, it's a mix of that having every character be bald, which is like okay, we gotta gotta take in that and that and the disdain this film has for humans. Um, because every person in this movie is either a convicted felon or fodder, 
So it's like that's it's mm-hmm. a lot of things to kind of digest as you're taking in what's supposed to be a Memorial Day weekend movie. <laughs> Right. right, it's not exactly a summer blockbuster uh, formula. Um, I I find it to be a, after like an hour or so to be a bit much, you know, just that, that tone, that kind of dour, like constantly, you know, everything covered with lice, everything being blown around by wind and rain, and and just it just gets to be much after a while for me. Who's the DP on this? Uh, Alex but, Thompson. What is he? What else has he done? A legend. Labyrinth. So a lot of more intriguing movies as far as visuals go. Mm. Right. Oh. But I mean, the, in the DP, the DP's defense, like he had to shoot stuff that was already there for him. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not. Bl- I'm not saying yeah. it's like bad as far as a. a, a it's not bad. Sh- it's not badly shot. It's just more. Yeah. Of, you know, this oh, is yeah. what he has to work with, so he's going to do the best he can with it. Uh, let's talk right. about this real quick. Charles Dance is like crushing this role right now. He, yeah. he and Ripley have this great relationship as far as they're the, the closest she gets to like a new friend. Um, he's rela- and they get Sam Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He's getting he, but he's but he's getting deep blue sea. He's he's giving this like this great you know series of like things talk to talk about what have you, and he's about to like basically befriend her, and then he gets killed. Like the most relatable yep. guy in this movie that's not Ripley gets just murdered right now. <laughs> Plus they, they spend all that time making him a sympathetic character uh-huh. to to Ripley, you know, kind of she's the only he's the only one that she really bonds with in the first part of the movie there. And then bye. Which is a good move. Well, I mean, that's and that's par for the course for Alien. I mean, you kill Tom Skerritt off in the first one, which is like no one would see that coming yeah. back in 1979. You kill off what are supposed to be unkillable Colonial Marines in the second one, like the majority of them, right. before it's just left with Michael Bean, Bill Paxton, and you know the others. Uh, and then this one, it's like okay, the one guy that's prob you know probably not a threat of raping. Um, gets just horrifically murdered in the, in the hospital room, a place that's supposed to be a place of sanctuary for that, for that matter too. But he's also confessed to being a horrible person before yes, this. Yes, but you could, you know, given the context, he's of the and, horrible people around. Here's a great shot. Yeah. Yeah. This is the iconic shot of this movie right here. But it, yeah. yeah. Oh, and totally. this was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it's been parodied so many times too. It's a great shot. But, it's a, like this is oh, such yeah. a cool like of the of the things to take away from this movie. This shot is awesome. Of just an alien just right there in her face. Just real just just a great like encapsulation of what this series can be. And it's But best. It, I mean her her Charles dance opening up allows her to open up to the other Charles as well. Like, oh yeah, she's like sure. okay. Well, she has, I mean, yeah. after she lost that guy, he's like, I got to talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the the guy that's become <laughs> a you know a de facto preacher for the rest of these people, that's a good person to open up to as well. Now, to its credit, I mean, as bleak as the movie is, it moves. I mean, we've been talking for an hour. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. And at this, I mean, I'll I'll say yes. At, the first hour is a little—it's a little sluggish. I mean, it's more that we're talking that the pace is moving by than the movie itself. But at this point in the movie, things pretty much just get going. There's not much plot here. It's like once they discover that yeah. there's an alien and they believe that there's an alien, they're all—you know—all hands on deck. How do we solve this problem? Like they're gonna—they're right. like the, the warden's about to die right here, right? He's like gonna get sucked up into the thing, and it's pretty much we're on the move for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And part of this, I mean, we. <laughs> I mean, we delete like half you, you, hour of footage, yeah. So that's part yeah. of it too. This this movie <laughs> this movie follows like one of the most adrenaline fueled action movies. Yeah, yeah. With hey, we're we're all here in prison. Well, there, I got no... pregnant by the alien. <laughs> um, my friends are dead. Can you kill me, please? I'm, I'm gonna die. <sighs> you know, like you go from game over, man, game over. Hey, Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man before? No, have you? Like, all that stuff. Oi, I'm to... on this planet now, oi. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. The, the first two movies, there are quotable lines. Hold on, hold on. This, this, this is one of my I... favorite shots, because this guy has to clean up the thing, the mess left. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, super worried about it. That's, like, the closest we get to humor in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one could almost be, like, you know, like an Australian film. Like like you're saying, like, it, it, the look of it, the you know, it feels... Yeah, George George Miller could have directed this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been better if he directed yeah, it, yeah. probably. Uh, but there's that that sense of claustrophobia is just not in this movie at all, and I think that's really important to these movies. Yeah, well, I, I think it's part of it because it's so expansive. Like it's a prison, so it's obviously confined to a point. So like the idea of a prison is welcome, but the, just the way it's established, like you get those great mm-hmm. shots of in Aliens and Alien of just like just roving around the set, showing you the ship and what, and even aliens goes to like expansive levels too. But you get these like wonderful establishing shots and just a level of design that shows you, you know, enough of what you're working with here. It's like, here's another dingy bunker. Here's a dingy fan room. Here's a dingy, whatever. Here's a dingy, this dingy, that like it, it, you don't, don't, more lice. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't care about these surroundings enough to be like, really taken in by where are the aliens going to pop out because there's so many holes in everything too it's like you just expect it to have, it's like a, it's a it's a uh was it pop the the the, wee, the hit the hammer on the weasel game thing <laughs> whack-a-mole, oh, whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. whack-a-mole by the way I mean they oh, are kind of so... confined to it but they can still you know go outside because there's breathe well no it's not no there's breathable air so why the hell not yeah. Yeah, but it's like really harsh out there yeah. and windy, cold, rainy, and the 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 all the water looks polluted. There's, there's too. a reason like why this is a, there's this, a reason so it why it's a like prison it's, planet. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they can like go out there and live, but I'm just saying that if they wanted to go outside for a little bit, they could get away with that. Is what I'm saying. Whereas in the the other alien movies, that's not really an option. Right. Well, you know, these are manly men. They got to take on the alien. Despite having no guns or any weapons of any sort. Now that's a good choice in this movie, I would say. I, I like the idea that they've mm-hmm. really stripped it down where they mm-hmm. have nothing, no means to really protect themselves. Mm-hmm. That said, the war, the, yeah, like the jo- had, there's no claustrophobia, so they got to raise the stakes somehow. Yeah. The, this the, being a being a warden or what have you on this prison must be the worst job, right? Like, yeah, this is worse than oh, this yeah. is worse than like Sam Brockwell on Moon. <laughs> Like you, you have to like guard these guys and basically live in the same confines as they do and have no sense of relief whatsoever. Well, that so guy we've had an really... uprising. Um, you'll be here when? <laughs> Two months? Oh, okay. Like that warden must have really just screwed up somewhere. He pissed off <laughs> someone and now he's stuck here. I guess so. It would make sense if they were like also criminals at one time and they became the warden. Like I wish that was maybe an established idea, but that doesn't mm-hmm. I mean, because that just gives you something at least. But instead it's like well, it's and... one guy who's a hard ass, another guy who's like actually referred to as a dumb person because they know his IQ score. Right. And there actually are prisons like that where the the prisoners just kind of they're their own yeah. uh, society. Which makes a level. I mean, that's Oz, but that I mean that makes a level of sense. Yeah. Well, but but what I mean, like there aren't even like like a guard no, yeah, or warden. Like the, they, yeah, just, the... they just drop off food and just like run away because you know they don't want to get hurt and just the the prisoners take care of themselves. They're given supplies. Yeah, that's that's but... one of Jim's favorite movies. Escape from New York. Oh, there you, go. <laughs> you just described well, it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So here's there's yeah. like the remnants of this subplot where they're trying to trap the alien.
Yeah, there is a lot more on that in the assembly cut. I do prefer that cut to this one. Like you said, it's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't fix all the flaws in the movie, but it definitely like fills in some more story. I prefer it, it because just... it's just a better version of this movie, but at the same time, just like I don't reach for this one and I'm like, I need something to watch, that one's two and a half hours of this. So it's like, it's hard. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I need to, basically, every time a new Alien film comes out is the only time I'll watch this movie. <laughs> It's like, I want to watch something that's ugly and brown. Wait a minute, I know what I'll watch. <laughs> it's like, why do I? Why did I get this set? I hate the fourth movie. This one's serviceable. <laughs> and, and I have the, those first two I can easily get separately. <laughs> oh, the documentaries <laughs> no, yeah, are, it, are worth... It is the, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the footage. It's the extra footage that makes it worthwhile. And I, I like this. The fourth one, man, I, I just... Hmm. Yeah. Even Ron Perlman. As we, yeah, as what I was saying that. off air, like Ron Perlman, Michael Wincott, mm-hmm. Winona Ryder. The, the fourth one is a treasure trove of things that could make one great mess of a movie. That's like just terrible, but yeah. still entertaining. And somehow it's still not that. Like I just, I can't get around that. <laughs> yeah, it should be just some like average popcorn movie at at worst. And... Yeah, it has a part mm-hmm. of Ron Perlman carrying Brad Dorif as a backpack with two guns in his hands. It's that's like right. not a good thing. <laughs> it had aliens in the water, like it has. Like, oh, it has Dan Hedaya mm-hmm. being very Dan Hedaya. Yes. <laughs> As we mentioned before, basketball. Yeah. Here's a here's <laughs> a montage. You know, I'm of Cullen. Like, after I saw an alien just grab the prison warden out of, like, a random shoot, why am I not just going outside? Because this is nonsense. I'm just climbing into random shafts all over the place and the upper ladders. It's like, no thank you. Well, I'm yeah, like, I'm there, there, there's, so, there's so much room. There's so much room in this place. Why don't you just hold up somewhere where it, it probably can't get to? Because this thing came from a dog, so it's not intelligent like the other aliens. It's not going to try to, you know, cut the electricity or... I think it's colorblind. <laughs> there's not, Brandon. There's no color in this movie, so I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> no, there's uh, one color. It's maybe brown. that's why they changed it from a cat or a bull to a dog. Yeah, but the, but they're going through the, these tight uh, spaces. It's just like it's like in the, uh, the other movies, they had to because they're on a spaceship. It's completely avoidable to be in these tight areas in this movie. I don't understand. Why they try to, to trap it? It just seems like if they just stayed away from vents and other places that the alien could travel, they'd probably be fine. The thing would just die of starvation. Well, I think the movie does try to suggest that there's that that place they're trying to trap it in is the only logical place. Or no, they're trying to kill it. No, I guess that it's the it's the subplot they delete. So that's why it's it's the subplot that they deleted that establishes that that's really the one place they could they that would be secure. But then so. It, I, there's a there's a lingering level of sense they try to make with this movie's you know it's not good enough to make that point. I just realize how boring it's probably gotten on the prison planet. Now they have something to do. <laughs> they have a project. Oh yeah, the, everyone needs a hobby. Yeah, this has certainly worked out for them. Uh oh. Hey, if you die, you're at least you're not on the prison planet anymore, right? <laughs> right. I think that's why the CG stuff doesn't work as well as it could is because you still get the you know the the established ideas of a person in a suit wearing these alien things. So when you get to CG, it's like, well, that's different from the other thing that's way more convincing. Oh, the slow mo dynamite! <laughs> yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah. Boom. 
Cool. So much fire. And for this scene, I want all the fire, please. <laughs> <laughs> they had to import fire. Yeah. For this. We, we need some of that, that uh, not just domestic fire. I want to outsource fire. <laughs> well, and this, these sets were a big deal because they were done at the uh, 007 yeah, studios. Yeah, finally, yeah. Yeah, which is this is this is during the t- period of time where they weren't making any 007 movies. So you mean one they, of the they biggest, luckily uh, they're one of the biggest um, uh, studio spaces? You mean at that time yeah. it was it might still be like the biggest studio in the world or something like that. Yeah. Well, they were so, they were they were hogging it up for a long time with the the production hell this movie went through, but uh, 007 people weren't complaining because they they were in legal trouble at this yeah. time. Right. Yeah, the Broncos are having a ball watching other people make movies that would fail. (laughs) (laughs) Now we get like slow motion walking. What is this? Like an intro to a random cop show? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually the inspiration for Chicago uh, Fire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Slacko Fire. (laughs) Chicago Prison. Presented by Dick Wolf. (laughs) At the end of every episode, Dennis Franz moons somebody. (laughs) What do you think of that? (laughs) What? What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Where's Dennis Franz? What has he been doing? Toning up that butt. Hmm. Why is he in an alien movie, guys? (laughs) (laughs) That would be so great. Why that is freaking aliens on me. Get to Palma to direct <laughs> one. He was busy in Die Hard 2 with Randy Harlan. He was like, nope, I'm out. He'll sit the alien down in the interrogation room. Now look. I don't <laughs> want to have to around. work you over. Oh, he hasn't done it. He hasn't done anything since leaving NYPD Blue. He was like, no credits. Really? Is he just like straight up retired? I guess so. Let's see, self. He's like 80, so. Yeah, I mean, he's had his, yeah, yeah, he's just like a lot of documentaries for old shows that he was in. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I did not realize this, that he just really hasn't done anything since then. His last feature film was City of Angels. I mean, good for him. If he wants to be retired, be retired. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he, uh, Gene Hackman his way out of there. Hmm. Be great one of these. I can just see him, you know. I come up to my balls and aliens. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise. He was a voice in the Mighty Ducks cartoon series. Oh, that wow. makes sense. Him and Brad Garrett. That that definitely makes <laughs> that sense. Makes, that that makes, makes even voice. more yeah, sense, yeah. And Clancy Brown, which makes the ultimate sense. So we can move on from that. <laughs> Die Hard 2, of course. Oh, yeah. But, but then his friends, he could be the um, the grizzled police captain. In an alien movie, in like a in like a flashback to before like Utani or Waylon Utani sent like David up to space. It's like, why'd you act normal over here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, he's just like he's perfect for like an engineering room. Yeah, like that guy. works too. Yeah, he yeah. could be a, he could be like a Harry Dean Stanton type. Hmm. Would you go down here? You got the pipe. It's going going around the clock horn at the joint over there. Right. A lot of this shit down here. Right. It sounds like we need to get a hold of Dennis Franz. Right. <laughs> I'll check my Rolodex. I'm going to call David Caruso. He can get me in touch with him. Yeah! 
Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> David Crusoe can't get a hold of anyone. Basically, we're, 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 we're remaking <laughs> Alien True. the franchise as a bunch of like cop show stars. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a new. It's a fresh direction. Uh, that means you can get Jimmy Smith in here too, Smitty. Like you wouldn't love Jimmy Smith in a, I love Jimmy Smith in, in an anything. Alien I get so excited yeah, exactly. when Jimmy oh, Smith pops up and things. Oh, oh but he was oh, in twenty. Oh, when he popped have, up in twenty four, oh. I was like, "What? This is this just became yes. one of the best seasons." It's not, but still, it was exciting to watch. <laughs> I was more into Jimmy Smith than I was the new lead. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked. We we haven't talked about that at all. This is not the place to do so, but. I... We we did do the our twenty four podcast and we did not do anything to talk about twenty four legacy, which maybe bears a really? bears some kind of t- discussion at some point. But uh, well, no one else did either, so don't worry about it. We we talked about it briefly on the things on because we I think we all watched like the pilot or maybe the first step a couple of episodes. We stuck through it, or I stuck through. Anna and I stuck through it. Yeah, yeah. it was uh it was just a it's like seemed... well it's inoffensive and just here. I was glad that I was glad I'm <laughs> yeah, just glad that now the mummies Arnold Vosloo and Oded Farad play ten terrorists on 24 there you go yeah it's full circle no. do we not okay so we're establishing now that she has an alien insider did we not know this I think we didn't know it was a queen oh that's the difference I think mm-hmm. maybe this is yeah she sees yeah well, she says so she bishop bishop confirms that he's oh no this is where oh yeah she is I think we've been hinted to this and this just nails it. Well, on I mean, the, the fact head. that the alien did not kill her. I mean, it suggests that already right there. Like, that's a huge thing. Oh, now he's going to tell her it's like queen-like. He's like, what does it look like? Yes. Well, Mondays, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking there should be a poster there with a kitten on a branch saying, hang in there. <laughs> or something, but no. It's like, I, the only movie I can think of that is this, like, it has, like, the same kind of color palette and it's, it's stark like this is the, um, the John Hurt version of 1984 that came out in mm. 1984, actually, with Richard Burton. And it was the same way. It was, like, almost oppressively lit and, and colored in that way. You know well, that makes sense for what that movie was. This, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, same with, yeah, same with the Apple commercial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I, I think is kind of interesting and neat about the first three of the Alien movies uh, with Ripley is that uh, with they're they're all from you know the seventies, eighties, nineties, and you get Ripley at in the beginning of Aliens with the familiarity of what she looked like in the previous movie, uh-huh. but within like this different like environment context that kind of feels sort of out of place. And then she uh, becomes, you know, part of this new world. And then in this one at the beginning, she's got, you know, the hair and her outfit from the previous one. And right. it's stuck in this. It just doesn't kind of feel right. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, well, I remember this looking like this. And, and then she integrates into this environment. It's kind of a, just a neat little thing. Cause I keep the, they, I mean, they don't have to show her completely with her previous garb on, but it, it's something that fits the other movie but doesn't fit this yeah, one. The, the, the fourth one just mm-hmm. turns her into a superhero, but also gives you plenty of other flavors because they got all those other messed up clones that she runs into. Leathered up, leathered up Ripley. Mm-hmm. She's got that yeah. outfit. Yeah. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> <I'm sorry. Okay. laughs> 
I, I was watching. I did. I, we did like a huge Alien and Predator marathon. Me and a friend of mine a couple years ago. So we watched like all of them. Um, all the aliens, all the predators, all the aliens and predators, and. Like right. he he was convinced that like well three's bad but four is like you know they got it back together. I was like no just you get, just you wait we'll, we'll watch these movies. <laughs> and he's like you're right this movie <laughs> this movie's not good. <laughs> like, do you, what do you like? What do you like the first AVP or Resurrection better? I I well I like watching AVP. Like I have there's it has problems of course but it's still I I think that's a watchable movie. Um, I'd rather watch AVP than Resurrection again. I mean, because Resurrection just seemed like a cheapening of the whole franchise and everything. That comes AVP to just like, like AVP, like, I could just farmingly like mediocre. Yeah. Like that's yeah, just, exactly. It's not. It's not like people will take mediocre and mistake it for awful, which sometimes have fun, have fun. But like, yeah, that's just pure. Just yeah. I'm sure yeah. we'll flesh that out more when we talk about AVP commentary that I, we did consider doing for this one, but uh, we chose Alien 3 instead. But I'm sure when the sequel to Covenant comes out, uh, we'll probably get to AVP at that mm-hmm. point. Well, there is uh, Predator, uh, the Predator coming out next year. Sure, there you go. Right there, yeah. Shane Black's Predator. That'd be a great excuse. Or we could do Keanu. That'd be a great excuse. Shane Black's Predator Homecoming will probably be a good one to talk about. So. Hmm. Is that Predator Two? Predator Two has been one that Abe and I have been. been it, it, Predator Two for yeah, Abe and I have like we've heavily talked about Predator Two since the beginning of this podcast, so I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that that probably might be the logical choice actually for when the Predator got, comes out next year. Right. But, uh, AVP will be discussed at some point because we've 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 done a couple Paul W S Anderson films, the best Anderson, of course. So <laughs> we'll get there. Mm. <laughs> The best Anderson, as they, as they say. <laughs> Is she trying to communicate with the alien now? Is this? Is oh, this? Re- says, Where oh, are you? Ripley. This is reshoot. You can tell by your head. Because she didn't. She shaved willingly for like the original shoot of the movie, and then the reshoot. She's like, no, I'm not doing that again. Well, how about all this money, Miss Weaver? Yeah. See that truck over there? <laughs> it's full of money for you. Well, that's she said um, when they asked her, hey, do you want to shave your head? And she said, as long as you pay me, I'll do it. Because she loves money. This very much reminds me too of the um the uh, the Metro series of video games. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they're like very dour like this, and they all take place in like subway tunnels and stuff. And again, almost an impressive oppressive uh, dystopian environment like this. Did Fincher do the reshoots? Mm, I think he left in post production. Yeah, right. Because he, um, he was locked out of mm-hmm. editing. I know that. Yeah. yeah. So. I think he, I think he did do the reshoots, but he just didn't. He said, "I'm doing these, and I'm out." Well, I was gonna say because he's, you know, this is not a bad scene as far as like setting up atmosphere and what have you. You don't know what's coming necessarily, even though Ripley's technically invulnerable at this point. But to me, it also kind of feels like poking a beehive with a stick. Yeah, but at the same time, you know what that feels like because you like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, look like look at that shot of like it's there. It it feels very reminiscent of like Harry Dean Stanton walking under the, walking around in the first one, and you just it's a part of this product. It's part of the scenery. 
Mm-hmm. It's just it's such a unique design, and it works so well as to camouflage itself. And this kind of it looks like it's echoing that to a point. But yeah, she's gonna poke the bear. That's not the best way to handle things. So. <laughs> but she knows she, you know, she knows it's not gonna do anything to her because she's got the queen inside. Yeah. It even plays of you there because it wasn't actually it. Like it's just like a piece of metal. Yeah, yeah. It's. A, I think it's. A, it's a fun way to kind of reestablish why this thing's so effective as far as a, a movie monster. And it's, it's. I mean, the Xenomorph is one of our greatest movie monsters of all time. Totally. I mean, it doesn't look like any other monster. I think the you know Giga really. Like that, that that look, you know, really defined this monster. And if it had, it could have, it could have been a very silly looking monster. You know, it could have been something, you know, that wouldn't have scared anyone. But that kind of chitinous, you know, really like a, a bizarre, you know, aesthetic that Giger brought to the production design really like set it up. Yeah, because it's not a gray, it's not insectoid like. It's like its own thing. No, it doesn't look like anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so, and it's layered. It's like, what is it? Okay, it's mm-hmm. this big slimy head thing with a body cool what else does it do it has fucking acid blood what okay what else does it do it has has a giant mouth of teeth guess what else it has another mouth of teeth inside of that mouth like i was gonna say it's like like, you're like like teeth so we put teeth in your teeth you know yeah and it's got a giant tail yeah that has like a razor sharp point at the end of it you can gut you just imagine like ridley scott being in the meeting with geiger and he's like i have all this alien design and and ridley scott just starts like waving his hands around going like this is crazy i can't wait to make this movie (laughs) (laughs) steam coming out of his ears (laughs) (laughs) my version of ridley scott's so excitable he's probably like the most docile person on any set he's on but in my in my version he is like a fucking roger rabbit cartoon running around the set (laughs) Like when you saw the designs, the hat he was wearing flew <laughs> off his head. These <laughs> would get Ripley and Rock relating. Ridley Scott, which uh, we're going to do our uh, roadshow version of Kingdom of Heaven commentary sometime soon, oh, yeah, right? Can't wait. I that movie. I mean, that's the. I would do I that. Would, I, I'm saying, yeah. I, it's like I don't know what we'd be able to talk about for four hours and change, but I'd I'd love to entertain the idea, or just you know all of us actually get together, hang out, and watch the movie. <laughs> That's why we don't have to record it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't hear what movie. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, the road, the the, the oh, directors, the roadshow directors cut, featuring the overture oh, intermission. But just a, a, I mean, a masterpiece. I I don't, I don't have trouble saying that. It's a it's a man, it's a masterpiece. Oh, it's great. Time will sh- time will show us how amazing that is uh, for when people kind of come around on Ridley Scott's career. Start, it's starting to. It, I mean, it has as far as like critics go and what have you. But you know, you know, you walk up people that you know maybe know Ridley Scott's name and can think of a few things that associate with them, and you're like, yeah, glad. Uh, well, Gladiator would come up, even though. <laughs> uh, but uh, also like Blade Runner, Alien, yeah, Ridley Scott. He's like Kingdom of Heaven, guys. Mm. His 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 vision of that movie. <laughs> I like Matchstick Men a lot oh, yeah. too from him. That one doesn't get talked about a lot. There's, there's that's one, true. Yeah, I do too. There's, I mean, you look at his oeuvre. There's a, there's a ton of stuff that's not Blade Runner and Alien that's really good. There's some real crap there too. But I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's oh, yeah. some underrated what, underrated gems within his filmography that are just as good as some of his best stuff, or what's considered mm-hmm. his best stuff. 
Black Hawk Down's another one. Like I think people know that more, but you don't really think about it in the turn. You know, when you think of like War. Movies. I wasn't that big of a fan of Black. I Hawk think that movie's great. Like what it, especially what it's doing compared to other war movies coming out at that time. It's just. Uh, mm. It has this problem though, where everyone looks the same. <laughs> everyone's a. What happened? What happens uh, to Charles Dutton if his glasses break? None of these guys are optometrists. He just doesn't get to see anymore. His, uh, he's already blind. His he won't get. To, he won't have. All, he he won't get to read all the books. I was gonna say him and Burgess Meredith will sit on the stairs and cry together. <laughs> <laughs> he does have plenty of time here. His um his prescriptions yeah. way outdated. He's actually blind. He's he's full book on e- book of Eli mode. He just uses them. He uses hmm. them for aesthetic. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not enough to be the black one. He has glasses also, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also Jewish. Like, oh come on, that's enough. And gay, come on. I'll do the fighting. This is basically a bunch of Jason Statham's yelling at each other. This is what I imagine Crank 3 is like. It's just... <laughs> you know, it's funny. At, at this time, Jason Statham had hair. Yeah. In movies. Like that, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. He, he probably was like saw Alien 3. He's like, you know what? Well, he, he held on to it way late. Like, he kept it up in um, Ghosts of Mars. Like, he, he was... Yeah, Ghosts had, of Mars. It was, it was fine, but it still, he had hair. was it like Snatch when he... Snatch is when he started looking head. like prototypical Jason Statham. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't believe uh, Walter Hill contributed on the script too. Uh, this... Walter Hill was all over. It's it's funny, like his name, like he's a big part of the Alien yeah. legacy. Yeah, yeah. He never, he doesn't get brought up very much. Like he saved the first movie. Yeah. Like him and Dan Geiler, because they, I mean, they get the the script and are like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, but it's got this really cool scene in it, and they brought in the um, Ash character, the the androids. Yeah. They that's their big contribution um they fixed the characterizations they got you know they they put females in it because it was an all all male uh cast but well i mean but in in dan o'bannon's defense the script he wrote and was trying to sell was to be a roger corman yeah, a movie. b movie yeah. like, a, like a c movie yeah yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. that's a, i mean you could you could see a lot of you... meant to fun football. like yeah. that's what they there's doing. a lot of hill in this. I mean, you could really, if you know Walter Hill movies, yeah. this really feels like a Walter Hill movie as far as the dialogue. And yeah, of yeah. The, the minimal nature. Wow, the original budget of this is $45 million and four, 5.5 of that went to Sigourney oh, Weaver. Yeah. But it spiraled from there, and it went uh, up to $65 million by the time yeah. Yeah. That's not cheap for a movie like this at this time. In '92, that was a lot yeah, of money. I mean, you know. For an R-rated movie, yeah, I mean, T2 yeah. just did it with 100 million, but that's you know that's a that's a blo- that's a huge blockbuster Arnold Schwarzenegger James Cameron movie. This is a, the third Alien, <laughs> I guess, from David Fincher, a nobody at that time. Yeah, and T and T2 like revolutionized special yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a right. huge deal. This is just like you said, the third yeah. one. T2 had children saying "Hasta la vista, baby." Alien Three had children. Um, debating if it was called Alien Cube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that had that, that had Guns N' Roses write a song for that movie. You know, that was an event. 
I don't see Warrant writing music <laughs> for this. I'm sure Soul Asylum was all about it, though. Oh, sure, sure they, yeah. They were writing plenty of songs, and they just scrapped them. You know, what was missing, <laughs> what was missing from here was the, the furlong factor, too. Was... <laughs> Wouldn't cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> we talked over this, but Charles Dutton just gave, like, an epic speech to really rally the crew. Yeah. Right. So you got David Toohey, Vincent Ward, John Fasano, Rennie Harlan, David Fincher, Larry Ferguson, David Geiler, and Walter Hill all attempted to claim, claim credit for the screenplay. No, uh, it's mine! No, it's mine! No, you four, have it! No, you have it! No, you four, have it! Four other writers could have claimed credit but chose not to, including William Gibson and Eric Redd. Uh, their version of uh, the film had changed so much from the early drafts. Uh, Greg Press, he was talked out of claiming credit in exchange for other work. And Rex Pickett, um, he declined to see credit due to how unpleasant his experience of working on the film had been. <laughs> you guys remember all the buzz following this movie for like a possible fourth alien where like they were going to they're, they're going to make the, this movie a dream. Uh-huh. Oh, First, no, that seems like what they're doing. They're, they're going to bring like the fifth movie, act- too. Right, yeah, and there was like there was a word about a screenplay with that, and then there was also one that um, the ship that crashed here wasn't actually Ripley; it was some sort of clone project by Wayland Utah. Like, yeah, horrible ideas. But there were there was a lot of like word that they were gonna try to somehow. Oh, here we go. Fix here this comes the alien vision thing. Yeah. yeah. There's the. That's the other thing this movie's known for. The alien vision. Yeah. AV. Just need the yeah. P. Hmm. Add an R. <laughs> but AVPR does have that one cool kill where that girl gets that. The predator throws that thing and it hits that girl against the wall. I There's like good that. stuff in AVPR. That's my, that's my review. Like of AVPR, it was cool when that girl got I mean, hit. AVPR is that like it's certainly like a it, that's a fan movie. It is. It's a fan movie yeah. from guys that are you know they put they did what they wanted yeah. to. They shot. They, they like last one. That was. Yeah. Well, like the idea of an alien predator hybrid. Like oh damn, this is gonna be nuts, and then. It happens like oh well, maybe it's just better in concept. It has a better al- or, or it has a better lead predator than AVP does though. Like it that predator that predator yeah, is taking care of mm-hmm. business in that movie. <laughs> well, the predator in uh, the first AVP reminded me of the uh, nemesis in that second Resident Evil movie. Yeah, but f- where is that? Oh movie? yeah, this but... vile thing all of a sudden says, "Hey you, you know what? Let's team yeah. up." It's like no. But that actually <laughs> was actually ripped from the comics of APPR. Yeah. They, um, That's something that people don't, you know, they, kind of remember. I mean, ABP was based off the comics. Like, that was kind of the idea of it, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they trapped it. Kind of. So the movie's yep. over. They're trying to, anyway. <laughs> Could be possibly trying to make lend this movie a credence. <laughs> See, it's like stuff like that where it's like, yeah, that sticks out. But it's it's, this, uh, it's yes. this third act where it just kind of comes. Together. Didn't this get an, it's got an Oscar nomination for visual effects, didn't it? Uh, it got a Oscar uh, nomination. Sure. I think it's visual effects. 
So this is yeah. Early in CG, the they have lighting issues with the matching. Yeah. Yeah, it lost to Death Becomes Her. Actually, figuring that well, Meryl Streep story full oh. circle. Meryl Streep yeah. was gonna win one way or the yeah. other. <laughs> She'll star in anything she has to to get that nomination. That's right. But there's some stuff I don't understand why it is like that. Why does it have to be CG? Why can't that just be a dude in a suit? I don't get it. It wasn't working. They they had yeah. um, tested stuff and it, it was not looking good. There there's stuff that you can find on the bonus features them doing some footage and they opted to go with CG even though it wasn't fully all the way. But it was but a better when, option. Like uh, the the shot we just saw uh, not long ago where it was just on this ceiling, just kind of, you know, balled up. Yeah. That Put that in the guy in a damn suit. Didn't they, they like, dress up a dog trying to do yes. stuff with yeah, this they did. thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. That Yeah, that was awful. And, and you just feel bad for the dog. There was, like, a little puppet, too, and that just wasn't working either. So uh, was the version that had the the bull instead of the dog? Did the alien come up with horns? No, it's the yeah, same. It, it, oh, it was the same. It, it was the same. It had a real aversion to the color red. Like it just. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Look, it went immediately went looking for a china shop. It, it killed the it killed the uh, matador inspired character that was also deleted from that cut of the film. <laughs> it had matador, a ring in its nose. Matador alien. Yeah. It was played by. Uh, uh, Edward James almost was yeah, in the here. Tito Puente uh, inspired score was really a miss too. <laughs> <laughs> but it helps liven the movie up, which was necessary. <laughs> yeah, that um, that doesn't look great. Well, they're, they're trying. <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing their wits here. <laughs> And also, um, I don't know if uh, this is brought up in the movie. If it is, I apologize. Are they able to contact anyone outside of yeah, this place? Yeah, they do because they, they the, the ward yeah the ward and here yeah, they, they come. Yeah, they yeah. sent they sent, okay, they sent so a that, message to Wayland Utani, and they're on their way now. That's what all these kind of shots are. But yeah, the I also I love okay. the costumes on these Wayland Utani guys, like yeah. the, what Bishop's dressed yeah. in. I I like that design. That's awesome. See, here's the problem too. Where, like, you have all these similar-looking characters, and this final act is just which one's going to get killed next, and it just it underserves right. some yeah. of them because someone like Peepopulate's going to die, but you like you feel almost nothing for it because it's like, well, hmm. Yeah, like in Alien uh, Aliens, there were a lot of dudes that died in that movie, and there wasn't a whole lot of character development for all of them, but you had a sense of who they are. In this, it's just well, there's another guy with the shaved yeah. head. You don't. Feel it's another, it's another bald. It's another bald British character actor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, like that's cool. Like looking at the alien there. Like, give me more of that. Yeah. Maybe if they weren't all white. Maybe if they were different races, that would help a little bit. I do enjoy the fact uh, there's only one black guy in this prison planet. That's. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> They tried. They tried to make it <laughs> work. <laughs> this alien's hungry, by the way. He just keeps eating. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Well, it's, it's based off a dog. Because well, there's, no, there's no eggs in this movie either. Like, this is the only one that doesn't like lay any like like um you know like turn them into egg pods or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this whole plan in the the assembly cut works out a lot better. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> this is yeah. just random rooms the alien keeps running around and stumbling upon people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this central area right here where it's like, well, where, like, where is this? <laughs> like, why aren't we? Why aren't yeah, we all yeah. here? Why is this plan so hard? I don't, I don't understand. Hey, Jude. <laughs> there are some cool shots that with the alien vision, with like doors closing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one coming where he just like it's last minute. It's cheaper oh, than the CG. <laughs> well, yeah. Works for Sam Raimi. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it is a good way to build tension without having to show the unfortunate CG alien. Yeah, it's very 90s as far as quick cuts and what have you. It's very... It's, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, this is David Fincher mm-hmm. coming off of music videos. Like, this is why they hire you. I think that, you know, speaking to something Cullen said before with the effects, I mean, that really using all those cramped, dark, claustrophobic spaces on the Nostromo or whatever really worked to the advantage of that first movie. You know, I mean, every time we see the alien, he's kind of, he's hidden in an air shaft or, or he's like, I'm among the, the pipes and the uh, the wiring where you can't quite see him, you know. Here, because it's so open and open, more open areas and stuff, it's just more evident that the, uh, how lame the alien looks, you know, in the CGI. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the part where Ripley was going to, you know, attack the alien with the pipe when it was just like, you know, behind her. And that was really effective. That was great. That was, you know, we saw that kind of stuff in the other two alien movies where you didn't even realize the alien was in the scene. And it's been there the whole time. You just don't even know it. And that's really the only time that you get it in this movie as far as I can remember. Oh, he'd be dead. (laughs) (laughs) He gone. You think? (laughs) He's just chomping down like every like every bird thing is. Like there's no. (laughs) You figure after a while it would just get full. (laughs) Must has a crazy metabolism. It worked it all off like crawling on the ceiling and stuff. You know. Yeah, it's 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 metabolism is insane. He rode. He was on a long, long plane ride. And very hungry and didn't have anything to eat. <laughs> I just wish, since this alien was like coming out of a dog, that it had like a big tongue that came out of its second mouth. Also, so it'd just be constantly like. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the second mouth was all soggy and saggy. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it came out of a dog, it shouldn't be sweating all the time because dogs don't sweat. Mm-hmm. They could have used that to their advantage. After it gets all hot, it would just pass out, and they could kill it. Quick, somebody throw in a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a frisbee? Does anyone have a frisbee? <laughs> Do we have a jar of peanut butter? We just put that on its genitals. <laughs> Walk away. Stay. Oh wow, it worked. The... That's all it took. Really, really easy. You're willing to tell you send a big bag of begging strips. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Can't Keanu shows up. I got you some kibble. <laughs> Spent a long time in this corridor stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Stick the James Horner score in here. Dun 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 dun. dun. So, so um, Elliot Goldenfall had like a day to do like this the la- like this last third of the movie. Like he had no time to do this, but he did it, and it works. I actually wow. do like the score for this movie. It's not. I mean, James Horner's score is you know. <laughs> they use it in trailers oh, yeah. for a reason um, and you know um, the original score for Alien is very interesting in its own way this one I do like it it's the same way like I like his um, his Batman scores they're not Danny Elfman scores but they're still good in their own right I think mm-hmm. his forever score specifically I think it's pretty good It's I remember like, the the score in. Did they use Alien score with the Resurrection trailers? Because I remember one of the trailers had like just a really good trailer with like awesome some awesome yeah, scoring. I, I, I think you're right. I it's, think they had the Alien like theme and the, like it was a, a version of it. Oh, uh, that kill rock. <laughs> like why is he even staying behind? Ripley's invulnerable. <laughs> yeah. You should be in front of yeah. her. I mean, they got to keep. He's got to hold you, it down. I get the lot, but still, it's like he could probably probably get to climb out of there. <laughs> he deserves to die. Pour the lead. I'll say this: uh, this was the first time where the main alien isn't killed by being ejected into space. So they did something different. So that's cool. Yeah. Of course, he's I like killing him. me. <laughs> he's still killing me, and the and uh-huh. the bees. These are not good either. The bees. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention my legs? Ow! Stop it! <laughs> For the land. I like it. By the way, after all of this, the plan kind of works. <laughs> like it, it still gets out. Like, yeah. Smile, you son of a. <laughs> This plan only kind of works. It still gets out. It's still running yeah. around. It takes a second yeah. for them to T-1000 this thing. Yep. Yeah, pour the lead isn't quite as an iconic of a line as get away from her, you bitch. You didn't, no. you didn't see those t-shirts running around back in 92? Pour the lead! <laughs> There's all those bumper Superman, <laughs> Superman reports. Now. Can't see if it's dead There's or all not. those bumper stickers. Pour the lead. Pour the lead. Dude, sweet Alien 3 bumper Poor sticker, bro. <laughs> Hashtag for the lead. Hashtag for the lead. What is the actual tagline of this movie? It's the third one. <laughs> it's a girl! Well, what? Actually, three, what is the bitch's. Three. Three times the suspense. It says the bi- Three times the danger. Three times the. Terror. Oh, yeah, that's on the poster. Um, one, one is yeah. the bitch's back. That's, that's one of them. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, start so edgy. start running again. Yeah, this thing's still out there, and it's like <laughs> this just... time. This time, it's hiding in the most terrifying place of all, the womb. Is that? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Our it's worst right. fears come true. It's back. In space, no one can hear you scream again. Oh, there could be a, like a good, oh, a good Ripley's Baby parody poster. Mm. 
happen. It's hiding in the most terrifying place of all, a prison? How is that? It's scary to those people, I guess, but otherwise. <laughs> we don't talk enough about how super cooling is a very common way to kill villains. Yeah. Oh, we got it. Watch out for the acid. You no know, yeah, shit. Because we're not worried about that part. <laughs> so, like, they decided to follow up the James Cameron movie with how the James Cameron movie that came out with the same year. Um, <laughs> so they, so well, they had a year off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they actually reworked some stuff because of how similar it was to the Steel Mill finale of T2. Mm. Not by much, clearly. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But if you're gonna, you know, not a bad movie to to knock off. I mean, for one thing. I mean, right. <laughs> How we awesome would it be if... Can we borrow your set? <laughs> how, how awesome would it be if when the alien came out of Ripley, it gave the thumbs up? <laughs> or if Ripley did it on her way down. Oh, yeah. Let's see, uh, Terminator 2, they used one thumb. This one, two thumbs. Like, Waylon's like, Ripley, no! And she's just like, wink, thumbs up. <laughs> They're way down. Which, in, the, in the assembly cut, the alien doesn't come Swoosh. out. Right? Oh, yeah, she she just goes, and that that was added in a reshoot, and uh, like Sigourney Weaver was pissed. She did not want that. Why? I I like right. that. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It doesn't bother me either way. Like somehow it knows its life is in danger. It's like I gotta get out of well, here. It's, I presume huh. it's supposed. You know, it's gotta come out at some point anyway. But I like the idea mm -hmm. of that. Uh, I have no idea what this thing is, by the way. If this is uh, uh, Bishop or whatever the hell. I like that you don't know. Right. I, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just this this last ditch effort for her to be like, yeah, no more bullshit, done. Like, what if it was Hicks though? Like, like, wait, mm -hmm. what? That, hmm. uh, what? What I don't like is Lance Henriks showing Henriksen showing up in Alien vs Predator. Well, again, Prometheus and Covenant really wipe out any kind of connection that that this right. that this right. Prime series has to those movies. But before those existed... I, know. I, I was pissed about that, too, in 2004. I, I, I was like, like come on, what? what are we doing? This makes no sense anymore. <laughs> right. I just wanted some familiar face, and... Yeah, and then, it, see, and I, I completely forgot he was in this one, so it didn't bother me at all. And was like, well, we got the Wayland, let's get the Utani in there. And, like, and then that went nowhere. Like, yeah. that, that killed that franchise with that movie. The worst end credit was like... What is it, like... What do you think, Mrs. Utani, or what is it, Mrs. Utani? It's like, oh, which is what I equated uh, the, the end teaser of X Men Apocalypse to. It gave me a flashback yeah. to that movie. And but that so then you get to Prometheus that has Guy Pierce's whale, and it's like, well, yeah. the logic of that, I mean, it'd be neat if it was also Michael Fassbender, given like that this version of the, these movies are saying that Lance Henriksen made a model android of himself. You'd kind of think, well, make, maybe you'd probably have Fastbender in that role. But I think they've done their own good stuff with Fastbender, so I don't really mind it anymore. Does, mm. does does really Scott make his prequels now acknowledging that the ones come after? Or does he just make them to follow his first one? Because you could he could actually do that and get away with whatever. Because I mean, the... the... I, I don't think he's not considering those. It just it doesn't matter because of his movies are mainly sourced after the first one, but have only a connection by basis of being in the same universe and very little else. I'll, I mean, you'll, you'll see. Yeah. Prometheus, Prometheus happened before the first movie, yeah, though, no, right? It, yeah, no, right. that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, he 
he doesn't have to think of the details that went into these sequels because they just don't they don't really matter. Um, right. Because yeah, well, but I see what you're saying because yeah, Lance Henriksen would obviously be a factor if that you take that in consideration. But I think you just you kind of have to buy into it, which I don't think is a hard buy given three and four. Or you just think that maybe this is just another Bishop model. Yeah, which. I mean, look at him right here with his ear and fucked up and everything. Like it, it's yeah. You know, you could you could. Mm-hmm. I think many fans have probably argued that it's. I mean, and just based off, yeah, like you said, of Alien vs. Predator, depending on how canon you want to count these things, it just has to clearly be some kind of replicant. Since it yeah. is apparently linked up to the Blade Runner universe as well. So. <laughs> All right. I mean, soldier counts. Yep. Yep. Soldier counts. I like how this universe is pretty big too, along with uh, Marvel, and the um, of course the the mm-hmm. Commando Predator. Actually, no, it's linked up to that too because of the the like the weird plan or the weird like fake country that exists in Commando and Die Hard Two and all in all, all the Steven D'Souza movies. Yeah. yeah. And since that's a Predator, so that goes to Alien. So that's a huge franchise. <laughs> well, there it is. You can tell it's reshot because of the way it was shot just there. <laughs> yeah. But no, I do like this bit of music as she kind of plummets into the. So who is the body then? If they had to reshoot that, who is who played? Is that is that Sigourney Weaver? Or is it somebody no, else? No, it's, it's Sigourney Weaver. She was against okay. it, but <laughs> that's a hell of a thing to be against because <laughs> she had to be like in a wire rig while doing it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And the name of that actress was Meryl <laughs> Streep. <laughs> that's a good Fincher shot, by the way. That kind of I mean, it's all visual effects, but the idea of the like the plant going out and everything and the sunlight coming here—that's it's. These little details like this. Yeah, I like yeah. that. You know, the, there's not a lot of exteriors shown in the movie, but I like when they yeah. are there. I like this stuff it's too. This, cool, this unique wrap stuff. up stuff with the Pentium guys leaving yeah. and everything. Yeah. Only one survivor. This guy, like the, 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 the exactly. The, the, <laughs> yeah. By the way, no idea what his name is, but you know this guy. Oh, no way. No. <laughs> but he's like the he was like but the he's... asshole of the group, and he's the one that lives. He's very he's very integral to the the final act, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, I mean he's not you know he's not Charles Dance like you don't you, remember this guy. He's got a good he, he's got a smile that you're like okay that guy yeah basically yeah. that's that's his thing. Yeah, it's, like, it's like David Wortham in the Three Hundred. You know? Yeah, although that work I mean he, that works a bit better. I like this touch too where they add the the um, recording here. Like it does end mm-hmm. nicely, I would say. I, I mean, between the sacrifice and just the, the the shots and the music, I think it all wraps it. If it if, if 1992 was like this is the end of the Alien series at that point, I'd be somewhat satisfied with this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a logical conclusion, yeah. uh, regardless of the details of how it gets yeah. there. Um, the arc works, the, the end works, but you know, Ripley goes out a hero, sacrificing herself to save save everyone. And... I mean, this is back when we ended series. Like, yeah. was... mm-hmm. yeah. just like we thought, Lethal Weapon three came out a week before. We're like, well, that's the end of that one. And then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> how much money can we make off another one? Put it into production. How fast can we shoot it? This fast? Let's do it. <laughs> Lethal Weapon yeah. four coming soon. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Danny Glover is too old for this shit in the first one. Yeah, right. Danny Glover is the Max von Sydow of black people, because I have no idea how old he is. (laughs) (laughs) 
because like he was too old in 1987. <laughs> like... Yeah, he had gray hair in the first one, and then the second one, like, well, your hair's dark. You're not dying. What's going on here? I mean, technically, when we were introduced to Bonsaito, he had white hair because of black and white film stock. But let's don't, had no it. logic. Come on. <laughs> but like in the exorcist he looks like he's on death's door and dude's still making movies <laughs> he's like hey he's in yeah. fucking star hey, wars who, who, <laughs> who's uh, who's pond joe pond oh man uh, i like how he says kevin de like says, carlo Ren. i like the way he pronounces it carlo Ren. me she's always royalty she'll always be royalty to me this should make things right Let's just do all Max von Sydow's ten lines and force the wickets. Well, I'm not you ready, right? Clytus, I'm bored. <laughs> what amusement do you have for me today? No, you must go. <laughs> I like this, Atreides. <laughs> Gross. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Extron sign up. Not in this movie. <laughs> but he is in Judge Dredd, a commentary we did on this podcast. <laughs> you can find that one too. <laughs> Let's see how the movie's over. Um, fast watch for us, I guess. We had a lot to talk about. Mm hmm. I mean, now we don't. We're getting the whole suite here, too, so that's nice. Uh, it's been two hours of talking, so yeah. The alien creatures effects crew. There's that many people, and the actual creature isn't in the movie that much. I just. It's mostly the the special effects. Well, they shot a lot of stuff they didn't yeah, use. That, yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, true. So these yeah. guys' yeah, names at least got on the thing. Where's there the are made... <laughs> oh, go ahead. There are people who made models and stuff that didn't even get you. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. And they were working when this movie was like shut down too. Like that was the the, the uh, creature design department was constantly working on this movie, and there was a point where they like shut it down for a little bit when Fincher came on, and they didn't like his first script. I, well, they shot it in L.A. and in uh, England, yeah. England yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both both places. I just found the line I was looking for. Uh, you you know what I hear, Danny? Nothing. No footsteps up the stairs. No jet out the window. No clickety clack. Little spiders. Do you know why I can't hear those things, Denny? Because right now, the precogs can't see a thing. <laughs> Shoots Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They had a, a Roberto De Palma on this. Where's the, who's the, I didn't see a, I don't see a credit for the Lice Wrangler. <laughs> 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 oh, I bet Claudia Sachs had the best job. Assistant to Mr. Oh, Fincher. Boy. Gosh. Yeah. Every day was just roses for her. Mr. Fincher, the studio's, studio's on the phone. <laughs> you know, it's we we were talking about all this. We didn't really mention the fact that Fincher's in a big position as, as Cameron. Um, obviously, Cameron had more success than Fincher did, but I mean, both are very demanding directors that have a specific vision that they want to get by. Uh, and Fincher fired his, you know, cinematographer, and many of the crew left on Aliens before they started getting it right. Essentially. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the best thing is on the, these Blu-rays when you watch the behind the the scenes, and they're very careful with their words about. Him. Well, yeah, you don't want to get Cameron yeah. on your ass, like. Yeah. Even on oh, even on the the new Escape from New York Blu-ray when they're just oh, talking yeah. about him oh, as yeah. a map, they are yeah. very careful about their words they say about him. Guy, I, I'm convinced he's a guy. I mean, he's sitting on the bottom of the ocean. He's a guy that reads everything. He probably takes all of this stuff. He reads all of it. He knows what he's doing. So he's probably like, you know, he gets mm-hmm. on. He's like. I heard you talking. Some people were talking about this, and I watched it. You were talking about me on the, uh, the aliens, the special features. Well, uh, how about you not talk about anything anymore? Because I just got you out of Hollywood forever. How about that? He <laughs> makes it happen. You, you <laughs> said, you said, you said I was just merely good on the Piranha Two DVD. <laughs> you didn't say great. You said he was pretty good for his first. Time you know how they out. say that's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, that's just the tip of your career, which is over now, and you're sinking, seeping dink. <laughs> the movie's ended, guys. The... <laughs> I'm floating on the water. You're holding on. The uh, the credits have ended. We are talking way over past this, so we should wrap this thing up. Um, this has been fun, though. Like cards, we'll talk yeah. over them. Yeah, we got. We'll get all the language credits mm. and everything. Uh, but uh, let's talk. Let's talk about you guys for a second before we wrap things, you know, completely up. Where can people find more of your work online? Let's start with uh, Jim Dietz. Uh, HHWLOD.com is where you can find the DC TV podcast and the Walking Dead TV podcast. And uh, the Taylor Network Podcast.com is where you can find Nothing's On. We're doing a series of uh, on Nothing's On spoiler cast for all the big movies of summer. Uh, we just did one, uh, did one for Fate of the Furious, we did one for Guardians Volume 2, and we have one for King Arthur going up this week and one for Skull, uh, Kong Skull Island. Cool. So. Uh, Brandon Peters. Uh, call Cinema Cavalcade. If you enjoyed this commentary, this group of people, just listen to our Dune podcast. So we had a very, very special guest on for that. Um, but yeah, that's our that's our latest episode, and we have a very special month coming up in June, the June Don Baker month. Ooh, <laughs> some yeah. water falls in there. Um, that's what I said. <laughs> Uh, uh, Colin, Colin, Colin Bricker, where can people find more of your work online? Cult Cinema Cavalcade.com. We're on Facebook at Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Twitter is CC Cavalcade. So just just do it. Just follow us. We didn't talk about why this is called Alien Cubed, by the way. At what point they're like, we should superscript this three, because that's really going to sell the tickets even more. Well, it was either that or the E gets flipped around, I'm oh, sure. Oh, that's why all the cool kids were... Oh, that's why, because Fincher's cool like that. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the backwards and an lemonade stand sign. I'm going to I'm gonna superscript this three <laughs> yeah. instead. People won't know what to think. But uh, Anyway, you can find all the other episodes about Now, Theron, and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. You can find us in all the places, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. You can find me writing over at thecodezeek.com, wisselblue.com, and on Twitter at aaronsps4. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's going to wrap this one up. Thank you, Jim, Colin, and Brandon, for joining me to talk Alien 3. Hey, thanks for having. Yes, thank you. Yes, thanks for I, having uh, me. I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about Alien Covenant in the coming weeks, which, <laughs> not on the official podcast. I got that I got that show scheduled, unfortunately, already, guys. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll revisit this, because I am curious what you guys think uh, as far as that film goes. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in the the future as we get more alien and predator films so uh, see what happens Uh, but yeah until until next time that's going to do it so so long and goodbye